It's time now for the General Knowledge Podcast Season 5. We are kicking it off Episode 1 for Season 5. We've been going for four seasons, around about 24, or exactly 24 episodes a season. And we pretty much do it all year. A bit of commentary on what's happening here and around the world. And uh, joined with me, of course, uh, is none other than Ethan Nash from TOTT News. Andy isn't here yet. He may be popping in shortly. He's had something cop up at the last minute. As always with Andy, he's a bit of a flight risk sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan's here. Thanks, Ethan. I knew I could rely on you, brother. You're always there for the for the show. It's fantastic to have you on board again for another season, man. Thanks yeah, nice. thanks, General. Yeah. yeah, it seems like yesterday uh, we just started the podcast, and here oh, we are so after a month. Yeah, well, end of 2019, and I think we really started at a very important time because just six months later, the whole world would change. So yeah, that's right. I think you know hopefully we've provided a good outlet for the last four seasons and we'll continue to you know discuss what's going on here and around the world moving forward on yeah, that 100%. deeper level that you don't get 100 so. and and like i say too we we scratch the surface on a lot of different topics on the normal shows and then obviously we go a bit deeper on certain subjects for for the members who i have as well so if anyone out there who uh, wants to support what we're doing um ethan has member content for his um website and does special shows with his members you do all sorts of stuff for your members which is awesome uh and likewise i've got my patreon channel as well where if you want to um, subscribe i think it's about seven dollars uh australian or about five bucks us something like that um a month and you get a whole a whole new bonus uh podcast as well with uh more guests from around the world as well um and lots of deep dives on different topics i actually had yourself on ethan for our our latest member show which was fantastic you did this awesome piece covering uh, was it alchemy in the secret world of Oz? And uh, we took a real deep dive in that one. It was a good, like, over two hours on that show. It was fantastic, mate. Thanks for coming on and doing that one. That was good fun. Yeah, I can uh, get a little bit carried away when talking about the <laughs> occult and sync and mysticism, mate. The two hours just awesome. flew by. And it, it was, was good that we kind of chat. we bounced off too because you had this one angle on it and I was trying to bring, um, you know, I guess another angle to the things. But some of the stuff you brought to the table on that topic, man, I had no idea. It was like, this is just blowing my mind. It was very cool. And I really encourage people, to, if, you're, if you're interested in that sort of stuff, either join myself or Ethan's page or both. I don't care. But do it for a month and leave it, binge it, and then leave. I don't care what you do. But um, it was good. It was a good topic and uh, a real deep dive on um, the wonderful Wizard of Oz and the, the novel and the, the movie and all that sort of stuff. Interesting content. Um, but anyway, here we are for another season. And... Uh, Mate, it's all it's all happening. We've got um, well, it's been about a month since we finished up uh, last season, uh, October sixteenth. So just about a month when we had good old Jim Lee on from South Carolina there to uh, to wrap it up for the season. There, that was an awesome show as well. Um, and now moving forward into you know twenty twenty three is right around the corner, man. We've had some craziness happening finishing off this year. We've got more craziness happening in the future as well. And of course, uh, we do have a guest on for this episode as well, who's going to 
kind of, uh, I guess, chat a bit about herself, her book, and uh, we're going to do some predictions and a bit of a wrap-up on this year, uh, 2022, and then moving into 2023 as well. But our guest uh, to kick off another season of the uh, General Knowledge Podcast is none other than the Wi-Fi refugee herself, Shannon Rowan. Shannon is a social critic, free-thinking, uh, fine artist, writer, geopolitical author and researcher, photographer, dancer, children's book author, illustrator, and EMF awareness activist. She currently resides in the northern part of California with her partner and her two cats, far away from civilization, built-up areas and power grids. Shannon is the author of Wi-Fi Refugee, Plight of the Modern Day Canary, and co-author and illustrator of Welcome to the Masquerade, Prelude to the Coming Reset, with our good friend of the show, John Hamer. Shannon, thanks for coming on and having a chat today, mate. I do appreciate it. It's uh, probably in the early evening there of uh, around 7 p.m. on a Friday night over there in California. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, General. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm glad you um, you actually got in contact. I was going to do the same because I actually, I actually had John Hamer on, I think, on one of my bonus shows right when the book just came out. And I was like, oh, mate, I need to get, I want to get Shannon on for a chat. Like, can you put in a good word? And he's like, mate, it's like really hard. She's like in the middle of nowhere. She doesn't have all these, you know, like she's not in suburbia like we are kind of thing. And she might be a bit hard to get hold of. And I was like, ah, oh, damn, like that. And then I sort of heard you coming on like Adam show. I'm going, well, damn it, if Adam can get a hold of you. <laughs> I'll have, to have a little talk with John about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I guess he thought maybe you were just unreachable at the time, or I don't know, maybe were you moving been, around yeah. then? I don't know, too sure. But anyway. It may have been, yeah. But, but look, we got you here. We, we're here in the end, um, and we're, we're excited to sort of have you on to, to chat. I mean, um, I know I've heard you talk a few times on um, over at the Crowds Falls podcast there with Adam, and I thought it's going to be high time we get you on with for our listeners. You know, we. We don't have the exact same listener base. We do reach different people and stuff. Um, so it's going to be good to, to get you on to kind of chat about, you know, the book, uh, Wi-Fi Refugee, what that means, who you are, all these sort of questions. And then we'll we'll get stuck into what's been happening and we'll tie it all together towards the end of the episode as well, too. So why don't you tell the listeners of the General Knowledge Podcast, who is Shannon Rowan? Sure. Um, well, I'll explain the Wi-Fi Refugee part. Um, basically, kind of like it sounds, I've been fleeing Wi-Fi, <laughs> along with millions of others, um, mostly the thing that everybody's seeking and they, they want to have everywhere, you know, they're like, where's my Wi-Fi? Well, there's actually a lot of us trying to get away from it, and not that we don't want to be online, I'm obviously online, I'm not using Wi-Fi, I'm using a hardwired connection. Um, so what happened was in 2014, I became what they call electro hypersensitive. Um, I became like really reactive to these fields, these artificial man-made radio frequencies, microwaves, um, you name it. I felt it and I still feel it. Um, it's not as intense as it used to be because I mostly get away from it. That's how I live now. And so my main practice has been avoidance um, to deal with the pain that it causes me. And so I, yeah, I just completely like, turned my world upside down. I used to travel a lot. I lived abroad. Um, I was a, I've been a journalist. I was a photojournalist in my early career, a writer for magazines, you know, editorial writer. Um, I worked in advertising. I've, I've done a lot of different things. I mean, I know my, my, my little quick resume bio there sounds kind of funny because I've just, I just have a lot of interests, which actually has lended itself well for me for research. Um, I just, I'm very interested in a lot of different topics. So I think uh, what I bring to the table is a lot of dot connecting. And so John Hammer and I connected and hit it off. And, you know, we found that we had a similar 
interest in writing styles and I had some things to offer, you know, that he didn't. And we actually started a book together in 2019 about transhumanism, mm -hmm. which we're getting back to this year. But we, when the whole, you know, Corona crisis hit, we were like, we got to shift gears and focus on this because this is crazy. <laughs> and in the meantime, I was moving, having to move because um, my partner and I had found a safe haven in Arizona only to have it destroyed by a smart grid with meaning the smart utility meters from our electric company. And there were several other refugees out there too. We found a valley that didn't have any radio frequency for a lot of that valley, like not even radio, like no radio stations, you know, like you can't even find that anywhere. Yeah, right. Yet, um, they, you know, we had these digital meters that, that communicate it through the power lines, which does create a, a problem in homes in terms of dirty electricity. And that's another topic, but we were able to filter that and deal with that. However, when you bring in the they didn't, that wasn't enough for our utility company. They were re reading these remotely already. So why do they need smart meters, so-called? And when we had moved there, we were actually promised that they were not going to install smart meters. That's one of the reasons we were like, this is perfect then, right? And mm. same with some of our other neighbors. They thought that wasn't going to happen, and that's why they moved there. And then all of a sudden, they changed their whole thing. They acted like they never said that. You know, they took that off their website. And obviously, they got incentivized by government funding and third parties who want to buy data. You know, it's about surveillance and making money off of mm. you know, the data mining thing. So we fought them. They, we, oh, wow, they lied to us so many times. It was crazy. It was, <laughs> it was like quite a, sh a battle for a year and a half and that we lost because in the end, end of the day, we didn't have the money to take them to court. You know, like hundred thousand dollars to oh, geez, yeah easy yeah, so, to move again yeah and so we were that was all with the lockdowns they were bringing out the smart meter guys you know when we were all I, unable we're, i mean i didn't ever pay attention to stupid lockdown crap like i didn't it didn't alter my life whatsoever um completely ignored it you know <laughs> but but like there here were the utility workers coming out with their like essential pass and you know and putting in these meters while everybody nobody couldn't at least the ones that stayed home, you know, weren't allowed mm -hmm. to go anywhere. I mean, I have to say some of our neighbors were pretty awesome, not in our immediate area, but like in their, um, you know, user group or whatever in their uh, client base that I heard about one case of like somebody coming out with their gun and telling them to get off their property and they're trespassing and they're not going to put their, their meat around their house. And yeah, good. characters out there. It's like definitely like wild west cowboys. You know? <laughs> I love America so much. <laughs> So, yeah, but we didn't have guns ourselves or anything. And I was just like, I'm just, I can't, because even if we didn't have it on our house, which they weren't even allowing an opt out, it just ruined the whole, they're putting, you know, they put the the transformers, um, I'm sorry, that, um, not transformers, but um, what am I trying to say? Relay antenna for the grid on, on the, um, not transformers, but on the power lines. And so like what happens is the whole area, you know, gets, like gets, um, polluted with it you know you're bouncing yeah, right. one after the other and everything so yeah. what happens so radio frequencies are a problem because like a lot of people don't even know that they're harmful so what i've had to learn is that they're extremely harmful to everybody's health it's a threat to everybody's health um you know some of us for whatever reason became hypersensitized to it there's a lot of theories about that is, is but, that where that whole yeah. thing started up where people were saying i'm not sam like the six foot yes. adult male is that what <laughs> yeah. that's where that came from yeah that's what that was about right okay yeah. so sam interestingly yeah. my boyfriend's name is sam but this is not the same <laughs> sam and um it stands for standard anthropomorphic ma male right and okay so it represented a mannequin that was tested on i think in 1990 
three thereabouts, you know, the only, or maybe six, but anyway, the only um, ever safety test that's been done by the industry mm-hmm. for our devices has been on this mannequin. And it was a um, six minute phone call on a 2G, you know, phone, flip phone with the yeah. kind of out. Yeah, pull like, up antenna. Yeah. And like held away from the header about this far, you know, like, so for six minute call and that, and all they were testing was actually, um, not just like radiation absorption, but um, heat, thermal effects. Yeah. And so there's different kinds of things that happen with these exposures. So that you know, because microwaves can heat, obviously that's what microwave ovens do. They mm-hmm. and they cook by exciting water molecules actually from. So they're actually like cooking from the inside out by agitating the water molecules. Yeah. And we're made of water and everything. You know, I mean, so obviously you can't not be affected. I mean, a lot changes when you have like a the with the power levels and. The duration and everything um but there are some that will argue and i have a lot of this is in my book um some doctors that will argue that we are getting the thermal effects as well and you know that we are getting cooked in fact like slowly in our in our organs and everything and different parts of our bodies are getting cooked um so they're getting damaged that way but there's also other ways that there's damage but however anyway the safety test is just ridiculous because that sam that standard anthropomorphic male was represented like a six foot two, you know, 200 pound male with a, with a 11 pound head. Cause that's you know? what we all are, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. Really accurate. A good like cross section. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, so that's why people are saying we're not Sam because like, you know, this is absurd. There are children using these things now. Exactly. Yeah. We're you also know? different. Uh, to have that as as the level, it doesn't make sense, but that somehow they've gotten away with it, haven't they? Oh yeah. Well, what they're doing too is they what they do, how they get away with this actually is they have this clever delay tactics that they employ. So every so every decade they're doing the industry pays for somebody's paying for millions of dollars for a long-term study on mice, usually or rats. And so the latest one was the FDA actually paid three, you know, 33. I mean, I don't know, Ethan, if you're, um, you mentioned the occult and and that, and if you're into like the uh, numerology stuff or the gematria, the 33, you know, they paid $33 million just so happens. Very Masonic. For the the 11 year study. Well, actually, I don't know if it was 11 year. I think it was 10 year. Maybe it was 11 year study. But, um, and, you know, so. They found that, yes, uh, conclusively, this was the National Toxicology Program in the U.S., and it was, I think, 2018. The verdict was, like, unanimously that this causes cancer, okay? However, guess what the FDA did with that? They tossed it out because they said, firstly, it was done on mice, so it's not relevant to humans. (laughs) But they requested the study to be on mice and like normally what i mean not that i agree with testing on animals either but normally this the standard is you do animals first and then humans you know like it's not conscionable it, yeah. to like it's been done first. for a long time yeah right. decades and decades yeah so they said that and then they said well that was 3g that's old technology so what happens is like about every decade they roll out the next g the next generation so that their 10-year study is irrelevant Right. So this is what they they do this tricky stuff and people don't even know what's happening. So they've never done, there's never been a long-term study because they keep changing it. So they say, and it's, so so they're actually comfortable with just like testing it out on us then. I mean, we're Mm. guinea pigs and what's happening in my mind is that they're intentionally trying to get rid of the control group, the control group being people who actually live somehow away from some of these exposures, which is increasingly impossible. 
And so when there's people who directly feel like I do, like when I mean, I feel it, I mean, migraines and chest pains and heart arrhythmia and like severe body pain, you know, and like just insomnia, just not something you can live with. You know, I mean, I know people who've killed themselves over this. They just can't live with it. Crocky, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that, that's what, you know, is going on. And, and this is, um, you know, it's completely corrupt, but I, like I said, they're trying just like with vaccines they are trying to eliminate control groups, you know, like make every, if, like when they do the vaccine, um, clinical trials anyway, they don't use their true placebo. Maybe, I don't know how much you guys talk about that aspect, but they have somebody call it really a faucebo, which means it's either another vaccine they test against or the vaccine contents without the, what Adjuvants, they Yeah. Yeah, they don't just yeah. use the adjuvants rather than the yeah, actual which, like, thing. as if like that doesn't affect anybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, They're not even using saline. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't really have a control, and that's mm. what the whole point is to just get like so people don't remember even what it's like to feel good, and they don't have a way to test it and get out somewhere. Even when you go into nature, there's the cell towers, you know. So there's the Wi-Fi. So you're not actually getting away from these frequencies, and they're not native to our planet. What I try to bring home to people is the fact that these are artificial man-made frequencies. They're not natural. They have erratic pulsing. So it affects our cells in a way that's like, it's like confusing. Like you can't adapt to something that's constantly changing, right? People talk about adapting to it, but that also takes a long time. I think we, what happens is we haven't adapted, we've adjusted, which means we're compensating. Mm. So your body's compensating for exposures. You might not directly feel it, but that's because something else is happening to try to compensate. And a lot of that has to do with the ATP production um, in your cells. So this is an energy problem, right? So people are fatigued. Um, you know, I mean, we're having like, I think epidemics of chronic fatigue, brain fog, insomnia, you know, um, this is like, just is what people are experiencing. Now, this is the new normal. They don't feel vital, you know, even children, like children are having all these weird health problems. And even before these new vaccines, you know, there was been, there've been heart attacks, um, you know, children increasingly having these heart problems. And as they have these cell towers, you know, put outside their classrooms or oh, the yeah. WiMAX system installed and now the 5G installed. So, you know, our poor children are like, you know, really, every, I mean, it's just this, you know, there's a, there is a health crisis. And when I talk, uh, you know, about pandemic stuff and how I think it's planned and this is like a false narrative, I'm not trying to not deny illness or health. I mean, I've been talking about health crisis for a long time, way mm. before this. And especially to do with these frequencies that are not native because this human resonance is the natural frequency of our planet and that supports all life form including humans of course and plant yeah. other plants and animals that's and, we, talk, we talked about the human yeah. resonance remember ethan on that, the music episode we did uh, at the very beginning oh. yeah 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 yeah, so I don't do you know about the study where um, I forget the man's name right now, but I think it was in the 60s or 70s. He had like a group of students go live underground. Yeah, we talked uh, about that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, yeah. they went. Kind of crazy, a, right? Yeah, there was he was yeah. pulsing it with the shim resonance, and then they turned it off to see what would happen. And yeah, they all got sick and headaches and irritated, yeah. and yeah, all these things. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And so what's happening is that we're kind of living in that experiment now because we're not getting the, those natural signals anymore. It's getting drowned out by the other ones. Mm. So people need to understand that. So one of the things I recommend that helped me a lot is grounding, which is like basically contact with the earth, bare feet, feet especially. I did that yeah. a lot in the beginning. I'm trying to do it daily. But important yeah. to do it. Yeah, important to do it. Like you don't want to be doing it where there's possibly ground currents that are from power lines or something, right? So you want to make sure you're 
bit away from like those exposures when you're grounding. Um, we have that problem in the US probably more than anywhere in the world because our companies, power companies actually use the ground as a return for the excess power. So when you get power to your house, there's always excess and it's supposed to go back to the transfer station or the company, but um, you're supposed to have just a wire to do that with. And instead of using a wire, they just, it goes into the ground and just spreads out so it kind of like gets wow. everywhere and it and it's caused like cattle to be sick, you know, and just crazy. I mean, we have um, really poor standards for electromagnetic you know, field exposures in our country. A lot of people who became like mean sensitive have felt better. A lot of other most other places in the world. <laughs> um, it's pretty we were trying to yeah. actually leave this country before this pandemic nonsense. And we actually had plans to even go down to Ecuador and check it out there and because we have found a community of expats who were fight actively fighting you know 5g they were very emf aware and we thought oh, that sounds great and um i had a ticket for my partner he was going to go check it out and it was right when they like canceled flights and everything and we're yeah, so glad they turned into like a dictatorship talking. didn't they wow yeah. it went bad so bad fast yeah. down there i couldn't believe how bad that was one of the worst places i've heard about a lot of places in i mean that's south america but a lot of places in central america also went kind of crazy um interesting mexico has been like the freest place yeah. i've heard of yeah. in the world i think but Probably everything is kind of wild because the cartels run the place mate they, yeah, they wanted the like freedom <laughs> yeah but also with emfs it's kind of crazy because they have even less restrictions or regulations than we do so that's like a you know a bit of a nightmare mm. in that respect and they burn trash and you know it has like third world kind of problems as well so it's um but i still know people who've escaped their just to get away from the new world order as much as possible. And that's one of the things I wanted to ask you. So, you know, you've gone from Arizona, you you were struggled to, to, you know, you thought you were home free there. And then they went and changed things. They fucked it up on you. You had to move. Yeah. And then obviously you moved. Then is California the next stop then? Is that where you went after yeah, that? Yeah, weirdly. Did it take um, a while yeah, to find like a place? A communist, yeah, communist state. <laughs> yeah, full on, man. Like, I, I don't know. It's weird. I didn't expect to be out here, but we moved actually initially we were in Washington, D.C., and that's my home city. Um, so when we first moved we went from there to Arizona and um, we end up in we're in the very north of California, which is close to Oregon. Yeah, right near the border or something, is it? Yeah, near the border. And it's actually um, it's fairly libertarian out here. It's not like your you know, standard kind of liberal, you know. California and attitude. There are some there's some of that. But um, this whole just to give you um paint a picture of this this whole area like the north part of california and southern oregon have actually tried been trying to secede from california and oregon for like since like the 40s and wow and, called, and make their own little state called jefferson so wow. people have there's flags for it and everything a lot of people say no i live in jefferson i don't live in california or, or That's oregon cool. so i i live in jefferson yeah i like it yeah yeah that's good <laughs> There was, I'm sure there was a place in Australia, Ethan, that did something like that. Remember, it was called the Hutt River Province or something? Have you heard yeah, of that there's, yeah. yeah, there's been multiple. One, one third of, of all... River or something? Yeah. Yeah, one third of all uh, independent, seceded nations exist in Australia. There's one in Sydney that's all over the country. Yeah. yeah. It's a big movement over here. And yeah. yeah it it's funny, like though. They just try and keep a low profile, though. You know, like you don't really hear about them or they don't talk. And if you're trying to ask them questions and stuff, they're like, 
just refer to the website. Like they just don't want it. They want to keep a low profile so they're not annoyed or, you know, they don't draw too much attention to themselves. Yeah. 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 Well, most, most, yeah, I tried the, to get the, the largest guy one. on the show. He wouldn't come on. <laughs> <laughs> the, the largest one in uh, Sydney has about 4,000 uh, members. Wow. So I don't know. I think it's bigger than the population of the Vatican, but still pretty small. That's, um, yeah. Interesting. There you go. Yeah. So Jefferson is another one, hey? Jefferson yeah. is, yeah, trying yeah, to never, fight I that cause. I've never heard of it until I came out here. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it's such a low, yeah. they have this low profile. They don't want people to, to know about it. But, yeah, when you're there, they're like, yeah, this is what it is, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. All right, cool. So you're in. are you in, like, a valley now? Are you protected from radio? Yeah, like, is um, it, do you have, like, yeah. a little EMF reader that you sort of, you know, whip out to try and yep. see what's damaging? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, we're actually in um, a very deep kind of, uh, I, I call it like a gully in a forest. So we're in a mount in the mountains, but like down in a gully. Mm -hmm. And so we were only able, we can't even get satellite signal where we are. So we had to get that installed up the road. There's it's a big property. And so what it is, I'm using it from, I'm in my car because I have to go up the road to get the service because we're just too far away. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you doing that for the show too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so that's why it's dark because I'm in my car and it's dark out. <laughs> so, um, but I, we um, eventually, if we have enough money, maybe we'll invest in hundred whatever half a mile of cable or something, whatever we need to get it to the house. That would be nice to have it in the house. But you know, I have to say, it's kind of nice also to not have it in the house because yeah. you don't have that temptation to go online. And I've had to really change my relationship with how I use the internet. And really like focus when I'm online, like I have this much time, I'm sitting in my car, it's cold or hot or whatever, I'm gonna, I gotta make my calls, I gotta do my podcast, my emails and, and my research and then get off. And so what's nice about that is then when I'm at my house, I don't have that, pull, you know, and you know, what's interesting is that my, my partner and I've noticed this since we gave up having the immediacy of like the connection, right? Mm -hmm. Um we notice a lot of people when they have a question about something, they want to look it up immediately. It's like, I got to ask, you know, I got to ask it in the internet. What is it? You know? And so we actually get to have these comfortable, like um, we've gotten comfortable with having questions and we, and you get to like, think about it yourself and mill over it yourself for a while, which like it creates this contemplative space, which I think most people are lacking now, which is key to critical thinking too. And be, to have that capacity is that you actually have time to reflect and so I think people aren't reflecting and they're just accepting whatever answers sort of given to them about whatever question they have without then. And also it's like a memory skill, right? So then you, you'll probably very quickly forget what you found out when you got the answer immediately. Whereas if you had to think about it a long time and then you get the answer, then you think about what you thought the answer might be versus what the internet told you. Um, and so it's really good. Like we're comfortable with like going, oh, I wonder who that actor was. Remember that show or whatever? Okay, well, maybe I'll look it up later or not. I don't know. But like I, I can be uncomfortable. I, be, I can be comfortable, excuse me, with not knowing or not knowing yeah. immediately. All the zombies these days are like, Siri, uh, Alexa, Google. <laughs> um, you know, so they just can't. Yeah, they can't even. Don't even bother typing it. They just fucking shout that shit out. Like, I just reminds me of the days when you'd be there with the World Book Encyclopedia, having to look stuff up when you were a kid. Yeah. Right? I used to do that. With, you know, <laughs> go to the library. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I was fortunate enough to have a set at home, which was good. But my, my uh, parents hated when I used to cut pages out for assignments. So, but anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's that's sacrilegious. Yeah, I know, right? Like, <laughs> well, you've never thrown a copy of home, so. <laughs> we were not allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah. going to the library and looking at microfiche. Oh, wow, yeah, okay. Yeah, microfiche. And, um, and this awesome, is the man. thing, I, I was actually really inquisitive growing up, and I was just this kind of person, asked a lot of questions. So I actually did go to the library on the weekends in high school when I didn't have to for an assignment, just for like to look up things I wanted to look up. And my a good friend of mine was like that too. We were kind of nerdy that way. And so we would actually spend our Saturday afternoon at the library without <laughs> like a school assignment, just like, I want to find out, you know, these, I don't know. I, I was into Whatever, it. yeah, now it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, right. they're all just tapping your phone and away you go. It kind of kills yeah. the joy of it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah it's an adventure. You actually go on a trip, you take a bus, whatever you could Yeah, library. you ride your bike there or something. Walk yeah. around, you take a bike, you talk That was your day. People. Yeah, like that was your day. And now it's like literally seconds you can search that shit, but it kind of takes away the magic of it, you know, the that romance yeah. of the whole thing. Well, you know? and, yeah. and it's interesting, people waste a lot more time than they did. You know, because the library is very different from the internet. The internet is is designed to distract you and to steal you of your time. It's designed that way. Mm -hmm. You know, the library isn't designed that way. The library is there as a resource and for researching. It's not designed to to take all of your time from you and suck it away. There's not ads popping up everywhere. Yeah, get in, know, get your like, info, get out and be quiet. Videos with cats playing or you know things trying yeah. to like take you somewhere else than your original intention. Um, so it's really, it's very different. And yeah. I think um, there's a lot, because of what happened to me, I've had to really question a lot of things about technology. Yeah. And I've been having this interesting, um, I've been thinking about like, you know, if I could time travel and go back to, so I went to, I was in high school in the 80s and the late 80s. And if I could go back and like, tell people and my, my friends and classmates like what was coming you know and like how would you describe it like could you even if you couldn't take a phone back with you or you could like even just trying to describe that like you would have a phone everybody would have a phone that you could do all these things on you know like really amazing and and I think people would not see like the, what was we the problem with that They'd be like oh that sounds great amazing I can't wait you know and to say well actually it's been like this really just socially disruptive Thing. like that's just destroying cultures and destroying connections between people mm. and and like to try to explain that and like the vast changes in our society that have taken place as a result you know that we're like now i mean and we're doing this show you know so it's a little different that we're we're like you know this is great i mean it's actually there's benefits like i'm talking to you guys in australia correct it's a double-edged sword that's right there's wonderful benefits and then there's that. a really disruptive side of it correct yeah that's right but we should we should it shouldn't be forced on us to like what really disturbed me about the early days of the pandemic was this like I could see it all, you know, like they're pushing us to be inside, to be on the screens more, you know, how many, I mean, we can, you can just look at the money and like how many business, what businesses profited, which ones. Oh, it's anything streaming, anything, anything that's was subscriber based. Yeah, yeah. All that sort of shit. Yeah, exactly. And there were these articles that kind of popped up on the home screen that said, we live in zoom now. Zoom is where we party and we blah, 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 you know, and I'm like, mm. who wants to do that? Like that, I don't want to party on here. This no. isn't a party. I want to go over and see my friend and spend time with them and hug them. And yeah, exactly. It's meant to augment, not replace, you know, and this is augment, this is replacing connections. I mean, it is actually, I think it's meant to replace, but they told us, they sold us on it as an augment, as a, you know, an addition to our wonderful lives where we all meet each other in person. And now it's like, and you could kind of see in the early ads and the early way they were selling this was sort of that it would just be 
something to help those connections and ease certain things and make things more convenient. But now, like, we're seeing that they want, they're showing it as a replacement. Well, yeah, I mean, what are they saying now, Ethan? There's something like um, 40% of the Victorian workforce has not returned to work. It's all from home now. Like, they've just gone, well, we we can go back, but we're not. We're just going to stay at home and do this job now. And it's like, well, I mean, maybe that is a good thing. Maybe they're at home. It's nice. But then again, you're right. It's this, they're not seeing the people they work with anymore. It's just... Or we're seeing you, right? But we're not. We can't touch you. We can't communicate. We can't, you know, share a coffee together. Or it's all via Zoom and stuff now. Yeah, it's all different. Exactly. Right, and yeah. you don't, um, you know, yeah, and it's of course people are more sedentary. You know, you used to have to travel somewhere, and it's like so you've got that problem, and you've got people like, you know, honestly, people in need time away from each other at their homes. You know, <laughs> like these families that are kind of like have to be together all the time now. It's really straining relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you know, having us like you're, you're snowed in one winter with your family and you know what happens then, like the shining, right? That's what happens when you get snowed in and trapped with your family <laughs> and isolated. <laughs> all, was it all Zoom and no contact makes Johnny yeah. something, something, yeah. Right, <laughs> Go <boy>. crazy? <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so what could um, go wrong? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just before you, you um, we move on to the next topic too, a little bit earlier you spoke about some of the, the pain slash sort of sensations that you feel with regards to, you know, being the, the, the Wi-Fi refugee, this EMF sensitive person. And just for any of our listeners out there who might, maybe they haven't figured it out yet, maybe that's something that they are aligned with. Can you maybe just elaborate a little bit more on on some of the sensations that you do feel, yeah. you know, when it is, what, what, when you're around, perhaps maybe, I don't know if it's, if it's different, like if you're coming in contact with someone, which has just got a cell phone on them, uh, as opposed to walking under like power lines, like, is it different? Is it different pain? Yeah. And just so our listeners, like I said, if there's anyone out there who's listening to this and they're like, oh, I feel that too. Is that what that is? You know, maybe it might help them. Like, can you maybe just elaborate yeah. on that for us? Yeah, I've definitely, and others like me, can tell you that different things, different kind of frequencies cause different sensations. So my first indicator really was my cell phone, and I had a smartphone. I hadn't had it that long. Um, I kind of was like a late adopter only because I was being cheap about it. You know, I didn't have any, like, issues otherwise. And I remember, like, I started getting this sort of electrical sensation. I'd be texting, just just doing a little text. It's like, all I can call it, like, if you've ever been electroshocked, electrocute it at all like finger in a socket you know touch something like a yeah, light just a little like bit a electric fence was, i've been zapping electric fence <laughs> yeah just, right and so it feels like the zapping that goes and it kind of continued down my arm and um and the thing that i noticed was that i was and i thought i got i can't ignore this anymore this is crazy like because it would hurt it would have this kind of like electrocution pain I would travel down my arm and then stay in my arm for like an hour after the five minute wow. you know, text. And I'm like, I can't get rid of this weird feeling. And worse on my face was, um, and this can still happen. I've, I've tested it a few times over the years, you know, try to cell phone again or whatever. And I've noticed this, and this is with, with wireless anything. So like cordless phones, if you have a landline and you use a cordless phone, you're not doing yourself any favors. No, they're terrible, those things. It can't even be worse if you have the decked ones. It's the ECT. Yeah, because um, then you've got two. <laughs> you've got like little cell towers in your house. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And then baby monitors, or the, like you're gonna, your baby's going to cry a lot more if there's a monitor near him mm. in the crib because he's hurting from the monitor that's on. Like, you know, so... Um, Right. So, and they have Wi-Fi diapers. Oh my gosh. Anyway, <laughs> I don't mean, get me started yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> but, 
Yeah, back, so back to you, I yeah. Have, <laughs> I have this um feeling of like electrical feelings, and then if I have it at my at my face, it's like my face goes numb. Like this whole side will start to go numb when I you know where I'm holding the phone. Like but skin like here, or muscles underneath, like. like you, it feels numb, like a paralysis. Yeah, right. Like okay. Really weird feeling. And um, before that, though, I used to get a heating heating sensation in the ear. I used my left ear, and actually, interestingly, have some deafness in this ear now, and like worse tinnitus in it. So I've had, t- or you say tinnitus or tinnitus. Yeah, tinnitus. we know what you mean. The ringing in your ears. Yeah. But it, yeah, that has not resolved for me. That definitely gets worse when I'm in like the fields, stronger fields. Um, but it's like it's worse in one ear, so that just to me indicates probably some kind of damage. So, um, but I so I like well, I was having this heating sensation, so I never like used the phone a lot, even when before I became really hypersensitive, I never put it my to my face a lot. You use like the earbuds or something, because it just made that uncomfortable sensation. But then it got so that it was like paralyzing my face. That's what it mm-hmm. felt like. And then, but mostly so when if somebody else came in my room or came near me with a cell phone on, and especially when they start to receive a text or something or a call, um, I'd feel it like right before the, the noise, I'd feel it in like a jolt through my body. Just Mm -hmm. like, yeah. So this is when I had like superpowers, like crazy superpowers, like feeling people's cell phones like that. It's not so bad now. Um, but I do like, it's just all about proximity and duration now. It's still, it always was, but it, at first it was just so overwhelming. And I wow. think, I, you know, I had a, so why, so Wi-Fi was a little different. <clears throat> Wi-Fi, <clears throat> excuse me, would give me um, chest pains when I come close to the router. And then also um, a migraine, like migraines would start up after enough exposure. So I was, I was linking my migraines to my neighbor's Wi-Fi, which was like right under my room. Um, and so if like they, if they turned it off, like I asked, I wouldn't get the migraine, you know, so I was just doing all these different experiments. And so migraines were like a really big problem for me when I was just in the thick of it, in the soup, you know, in the city still. Mm. Um, but I'd have these chest pains. I, I couldn't go into my, um, like co-op, my food co-op anymore. I was a member of for 12 years and I worked there for four years and they put, just put the Wi-Fi in around the time I got sick and I, I would feel the, the chest pain. I'd get brain fog. So when I'd go shopping, like increasingly, like more places offered this free Wi-Fi. So going to shops was harder mm-hmm. and I would have to have a list with me and like, just be like, just be really quick about it. And um, because if I didn't have a list, I'd just forget everything. As soon as I'm in those fields, I still have the brain fog pretty easily. Like if so I'm around it, people. It hmm. sounds like it's really disrupting with you on that um, electrical level with your electric your own electrical fields and your electrical impulses and things in your body because that yeah. you know, obviously your heart and your brain are massive electrical organs in your body so and it sounds like it's like a full-on like it's tapped into the same frequency with you and it just yeah. makes it go all haywire or something yeah, yeah it's crazy so, you know and people should realize like they do work on very weak electrical pulses so you're really overwhelming with these other fields you know when you're thinking about your heart and your brain and you know people who have pacemakers the pacemaker labels actually say to not use a cell phone or get around any other radio frequencies that will interfere and so people have actually died um there was a woman who walked through like a um you know something at the airport scanner in her in oh her yeah face. yeah those uh backscatter back x-ray things what do they do those this one yeah. actually i think it was even before the 5g one is just a regular one like her pacemaker stopped and she died she was 30 or something well, like the, mag- the magnetron ones that they make yeah, you walk through yeah, yeah. magnetic and magnetic field right so um so the, 
you know, so people, it's crazy because people have all these multiple different implants now, right? And they don't even, aren't even considering that they're going to like affect one another. And people have had um, pacemakers stop and malfunction because of smart meters, because that's a really strong, so smart meters are, to me, are like a lot crazier feeling than a cell phone or even a Wi-Fi router because they're just a lot more powerful. So, you know, and you, and you have this like, um, and it's constantly tell you, the company will say like, oh, we don't, it's only in collecting it like whatever time once a day or whatever and that's not when i've measured with a meter it's collecting every like every three minutes or less. yeah it pulses all the time doesn't it yeah it's collecting like almost all the time and that's yeah, what they want yeah. they want real-time data on you to monitor what you're doing in your home you know yeah, there's so a good website you can go to first like it's um oh in, ethan do you know what it is it's like stop the smart meters or one of those oh, webs yeah, yeah you can go here. to to get all the info on yeah. those yeah yeah there's so been a big movement since do. like 2012 here against mm -hmm. x-ray yeah. scanners smart meters i've still got my yeah. analog one in the house yeah i mean they're not putting the digital one on mine man fuck that shit yeah i've met you know and i've met people like um just because i'm aware of this and i tell people about it they all have a story for me you know i'll meet people i met a man he said oh i had he had like one of these um he'd had that operation on his throat where he had one of these like voice boxes oh yeah yeah right so he told me he that start to like not work or when they had the smart meter and he started having all his chest pain and stuff so they took it out they got rid of it they paid the opt-out and everything he said he's fine now but it was like really affecting him when it went in you know and so a lot of things are malfunctioning a lot of people are affected just from you know if they have if you have any kind of implant like you're gonna you know really have to watch out for the radio frequency interference yeah, so there's that part but anyway otherwise um so cell towers would mostly just feel like my head is being squeezed in a vice like i've been getting close to a cell tower it's like compression and it just this crashing mm. sensation and um and I, and I noticed that in general going into a city like I feel the pressure you know as I get closer there's this pressure building um and so there's that but I would just encourage people to try to get away from it and see how they feel I mean a lot of people when they go to the beach or go in nature somewhere they know they feel better but they make a lot of excuses for it like well I'm on vacation or I'm you know, I don't have to work, or I, I just uh, nature makes me feel good. But it's like, well, why is it making you feel good? And I get that because it's it's there's no sort of hard and fast thing we can go. Well, it's definitely that, or it's definitely this, or very hard to kind of put a nail on. But I mean, it's I mean, so it's in a sense, um, like that sort of causation doesn't doesn't equal whatever. What's that saying they yeah, all um, come out with? I mean, you know, yeah, like you I mean, it's true. You can't say well, um, it's you know, I mean, if you're going to be very scientific about it, you can't just say well. I stood near the smart meter and I felt bad, you know, but I've actually, speaking of that, there have been studies with live blood cell, you know, live blood cell studies showing people's blood. You oh, know, like, I have seen right that after. too. Oh, so, that's, so that's bad. Dr. Yeah. Magda Havas is one of the ones who's done this, H-A-V-A-S. She has taken these blood samples, looked at them, you know, live, like, so you're looking at them at, when it's alive, you know, the cells moving and whatever. And so they, she had a test with people standing in front of a smart meter for five minutes, like right close to it. And one of the people would be like somebody who described as electrosensitive and the electrosensitive person. It does. So it does seem like there might be a difference between um, so the people who feel it are maybe being harmed more mm. because for whatever reason, probably I think there's a heavy metal connection. Like I had more heavy metal exposures for some reason more vaccine. I had to have more vaccines for travel at one point, you know, in my adult mm. life. It could be that because I have found that heavy metal detox has helped my sensitivity and reduced it. 
And okay. so have a lot of other people. So and like some people feel like they've completely cured it from heavy metal detox alone. So anyway, back to the blood thing. Um, mm-hmm. This rouleau, it's called a rouleau is like the blood clumping. Yeah, so it, just, it kind of all co- coagulates together, doesn't it, or something? I, that's what yeah, I've seen. So, yeah, that's crazy. So the person in this in this test who was electrosensitive and got a headache within like five minutes of standing by the smart meter, her blood was clumping more. Everybody's blood like clumped some, but hers like clumped really crazy. You know, so I think that's probably something like that is going on, at least from what you know studies have been done so yeah. far, is that there people who are feeling it really powerfully are like more harmed because they're more I see it as an overall body burden kind of thing. So if you've got um, you know, a malfunctioning liver or kidneys, which I've also run across with electrosensitives, they're not detoxing properly, um, maybe a mitochondrial dysfunction where they're not detoxing properly. And then you, you know, so they, these are toxic exposures. So obviously if you're not be able, able to handle that and compensate, then you're gonna have a harder time than somebody else who who so the main thing is to we gotta kind of be on our A game. You wanna be really taking care of your health in every possible way because this Mm. is just getting worse and so if you're not able to do that at some point you're going to feel this more you're going to be more affected you could develop a cancer um some people don't really feel it but then they end up with the cancer um you know so i mean it's it's kind of like cigarettes i mean we all kind of sort of agree finally that cigarettes harm people but you know not everybody who smoked two packs a day for their whole lives got cancer yeah what's i mean there is a there is um like everyone, we're all so different, but at the same time, there are still large swaths of people that will develop the same issues. But then again, there's this other handful of people that'll be like, you know, smoke until they're 102, you know, like and nothing happens to them but right. because we're all so different. So there's never a hard and fast rule for everyone. So yeah, you're right. It's you just got to have this stance of just being vigilant. And, 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 you know, if you start to feel certain things or maybe you're feeling at the very least, like restless in your bed at night, like well, obviously turn all your devices off, turn everything off, turn your power off in the house, and then and then go to sleep the next night and see how you feel. And if, it, if that works better, then hey, maybe that's one of the things that's causing it. It probably is an EMF thing, you know. Like, yeah, um, I think that's sort of some of the stuff that people need to try. I know we've been doing it for years here in my house. We we don't leave the Wi-Fi on. Um, well, we have it on during the day, but uh, always turned off in the evenings. All the devices off. You know, we don't turn the power off in the house yet, but. That's one thing I might try in the future, maybe. But um, yeah, especially yeah. my my son. That's has great. I mean, that's issues, exactly yeah. what I recommend. It's yeah. just, um, especially I first thing I tell people is at night, like realize that it's a light source. You don't see it, but you know our eyes aren't adapted to see it. But it is a light source. It's like mm. blue light, which mimics noonday sun, which really messes up your circadian, circadian rhythm. Circadian rhythm. That's right. Yeah. And my so, daughter actually, because she's doing year, year eleven and stuff, and she's an exam, so she's constantly doing homework and assignments and stuff, and yeah, until like late in the evening sometimes. And she actually bought a pair of those blue blocking glasses oh, so, yeah. she, I, I so she doesn't them. get affected by it. Yeah. It just look like normal glasses, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have a few pairs. Um, It's funny. I end up preferring this pair that's like a $12 Amazon pair that's for gamers. It has this um kind of yellow tinge tint. to it. Yeah, I could sort of see that. Yeah. Um, and I bought this $100, $100 pair that that I like to wear when I don't like when I don't want the yellow it's like they're clear but they still block um but I find that these feel better so I also yeah, have the program works, yeah. on my yeah. screen I'm very sensitive to that blue light um and so I have like the the flux and the iris you know I've done the iris like so you can um you know it's like warms the screen too mm. but we should understand that led lights which are in our screens are 
a shorter frequency, a shorter wave um, <clears throat> that is not really good, healthy either. And so another thing that's happening is lighting, right? Mm. They've banned all these incandescent lights all over the world, which is like, it's hard not to get to into the. Conspiracy. You can actually still get them. That's the thing. If you look, you can get them. You can just it's shop online. And you can get them too. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the fact that you everywhere you go now is like compact, compact fluorescence or LEDs um, under this idea, you know, this guise of like environment, whatever, yeah, which is yeah. such Low energy, a ridiculous stuff, thing yeah. because it when you look at the big picture. And you know that the mercury involved and the disposal of that and, the, you know, and all the whole the whole thing is it's not saving energy. You know, this is not saving energy. It's making people really sick. A lot of people will notice a difference immediately how they feel if they go. Nobody likes being under fluorescent lights. You go to incandescent lighted room into a fluorescent one like everybody feels different. You feel yeah. bad, yeah. you know, and so and there's a reason. And these these light. Um, so the longer light, uh, sorry, longer wavelengths are healthier, and that's closer to sort of infrared, um, which you know you get more infrared at night and early in the morning. So like it's really important that the light is warmer in those times of day. Um, we actually use a lot of candle. We're we're actually this this location. We're completely off grid. We don't have power at the house. We have these batteries that we charge with a solar panel or we mm -hmm. charge the car in um, the winter, and so we have to conserve you know, energy just because we we don't have it. And um, we use candles and I, I've just started having fun with oil lamps with olive oil. Um, and this is a little, you can just get a little, um, like a little coil of copper with, a, you can actually make your own, you could use a cork, you can, you just need like a cotton, you know, piece of cotton rope basically. And you let it saturate with the oil and you light it and you can have it in a little glass cup. And it's just really nice. You know, we have the, as long as you've like, got ventilation, I guess, because that that will smoke your house. Up a you bit. can do it. Yeah. Um, you have to be. You learn how to do it really low smoke, like you no smoke, like a right. candle. Because if you do the wick wrong, you can get a lot of smoke if you have if you have too much wick or whatever. There's different. There's kind of like tricks to it. At first, we like smoked out the house, and we were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> you know, like but we had a really because we had these really bright lights that with these amazing wicks going and i didn't realize like how to do i didn't know how to do it yeah, yeah. 10 minutes later you're trying to wave yourself through the smoke to see each other yeah, i was just i started having a sore throat i was like i mean i'm a canary and this is why i call my book you know wife refugee play of the canary um yeah. modern day canary because it's like i've always been a little bit more sensitive and so the point of the canaries is that like we feel things more acutely and and first it does first, but these are right. things that yeah. affect everybody um, you know, the canaries in the coal mine were the ones to alert the miners to the drop in oxygen because they would fall off their perches, you know, or they yeah. stop singing. And so we're the ones who are, we should be like not seen, you know, of course the industry wants to say they're crazy. They're, you know, tinfoil hat wearing crazy people mm. instead of um, people listening to us and saying, wow, if that, those sensitive people are feeling those things, maybe it's not really good for us, you know, for anybody. And we should but pay attention. But there's money to be made, Shannon. <laughs> I know. We jobs, you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Isn't it funny how just this modern world we live in is so harmful to us, and yet it's just everything that's subsisting at the moment. It's just it's it's a level of, of insanity that you, you really struggle to wrap your mind around when you really think about it. Hey, like it's yeah. everything around us. Around, you know, like I could probably name a hundred things in this room even right now that are highly toxic, and yet I'm sitting yeah. here amongst it all. You know, like it's just yeah. insane. Uh, and the thing anyway. is, I don't want people to get, it can be overwhelming and feel hopeless, but you can 
find ways of at least doing better. I don't know if we'll ever thrive the way our ancestors did, you know, in an unpolluted environment, but you can definitely do things to mitigate that pollution and to reduce and and to give yourself a break. You know, I mean, it's just like... What what are some, before we, we'll we'll get onto some other stuff in a minute, but maybe just a couple of tips you could throw out for people. I mean, I've mentioned, you know, obviously turning off Wi-Fi and things like that in the evenings. What else can you maybe recommend for people that can help them? Yeah, I mean, I, I, of course, advocate not using cell phones at all, but I know that's pretty much impossible for most people. I would say airplane mode is your best friend with a cell, cell phone. So always have it on airplane when you're not in actively using it. Like, And you don't need to be actively using it all the time. And this is good for people um, mentally and psychologically as well as, and emotionally as well. Yeah, because they're not because tempted for that. Oh, have I got an alert? Have I got a message? Yeah. Call. People, it doesn't, it's not actually good for us to be on call all the time, you know, with our friends, whatever. I mean, it's really damaging. We need more pauses in our life and more <laughs> space and space between our, you know, in our relationships. And, um, and just, I mean, people, I think mostly feel really stressed out. It's stressful. You know, you don't feel like you have a moment to yourself ever. And we need those moments. And one way that you can get those and reclaim those is to, is to make boundaries with your cell phone use you know, boundaries, like don't, and don't um, build expectations with people that you're going to text right back all the time, or you're going to call right back. um, Or you're going to, you know, Facebook them back or whatever, just like allow these spaces and, and, and make a boundary. Um, And so then you could say, okay, I'm going to have this on airplane mode, because on airplane mode, you can use the phone, you can use the video, you can use the calendar, you can use all these functions without having to have it be like a little radio tower in your house or on your body. So you don't have to be constantly engaged with those signals. Um, and it's a, just a tap of a, you know, it's a tap on the screen. It's so easy to do airplane mode. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's just it's just such a simple thing. Um, and so, you know, while you're reducing, you know, just reducing that time and that's exposures. Um, and yes, definitely turning things off at night, but be aware that the melatonin production and this light signaling actually happens all day. So like we're designed to get up with the sun, get those you know, infrared exposures in the morning, that quiet light, and then build up to the noon daylight and then go back down again. And it's this cycle. It's like a, it's like a birth and death cycle every day that you go through and we don't allow that process. So we need to, I think just even approaching your day in a gentle manner and going like just allowing a little more time in the morning with like a quieter light, you know, just watch your light use, what kind of light when you're using it, how much there is going on all day, like, and just minimizing your screen exposures in general, trying to reduce the, like I was saying, it's the LED light isn't good even when you put a filter on it, like you're still getting damaged from, your eyes get damaged or thyroid. The danger with the screen is that, you know, there's something called screen dermatitis, which Dr. Ali Johansson discovered, like, a couple decades ago, and he eventually got fired from his post for daring to make a connection between, you know, screens and people getting rashes on their skin and getting cancers. So, um, you know, skin cancer, it's just funny to me, like the industry loves to demonize nature, you know, it's nature, the sun's the problem, you know, Mm. not our technologies, not all this, this manipulation we've done. Yeah. Um, but, I know, made I made my wife and my daughter like basically stop using. They had like those stupid Fitbit things and stuff, and oh, I'm like, gosh, I'm like, those. yeah, like they're not good. You're gonna like, and when they sort of st- started to stop using them, the batteries were going dead. I'm like, good, take it off. You don't need it. You you, yeah. you, you just get it. if you want to watch, get a watch. Like, because uh, yeah. and, and my wife was finding it was actually finding like little like burns almost on her wrist from underneath with the device. I'm like going, 
Yeah. That's that's when you like you, this is not normal. Take that shit no. off you, woman. Like far out. And, and then yeah, she feels step. so much better for not having it on too. And like yeah. Good. And that's one step on the way to like the transhumanist kind of agendas of like implanting us with things that's like this. So close, yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. And it, so we can't keep saying yes. You know, why are we saying yes to this? Because it's interesting to us and it's sort of like ooh magical or whatever. But mm. do you really need to know your heart rate is constantly? I mean, I could feel my heart doing something wrong when I'm in the Wi-Fi. Like I don't need to be monitoring it on something i feel it jump you know mm, mm. skip beat like um yeah i mean sometimes it's good to do that but do you have to do it constantly the problem is when you're exposing yourself to that you're gonna cause yourself heart problems and then you're gonna have i mean it's like our modern medicine and a lot of these things they're designed to cause the problem that they're yeah. meant to, to fix you know because then you have so true. <laughs> yeah oh they're, man I mean, it's just like, this is going to, I mean, like people use this for sleep. I want to see how well I slept. I mean, you're not going to sleep well with that thing on you, yeah. you know, like you're not going to get good sleep. And well, so it does, blows me away when you see people like exercising, they'll be like running around the block or whatever. And then they're like, they stop and they're like, Oh, I've got to check what my heart rate is. Well, like, of course it's going to be up. You were just exercising. And, and what's, what, what are you going to do if it shows a low number or something different? Like, do you even know how to interpret those numbers? Like, what are you even looking at it for, you idiot? Like, if you 10 years ago, you were running around the block having exercise, were you sitting there trying to count your pulse going, oh, oh, what, what is it now? You know, like, no, you just, you've got it because they think you need it. They've tried to convince these people with all their fucking glossy uh, ads and things they do, you know? It changes our attitudes towards our bodies as being like a machine. And I think that's really yeah. important psychologically that we're like teaching, we're being taught to think of ourselves and, as a machine. And, and meanwhile, that data is also, if you if you don't change the settings, you've allowed it to be sent to like your healthcare provider or whatever insurance Who company, knows? you know, what I mean? like, and then they're going to, they're going to tailor your insurance. So, oh, well, you weren't exercising as much. We're going to charge you more on your premium next year. You know, like, don't they get it? It's so insidious, this shit. Like, stop using it, you idiots. Yeah. Oh, crazy. I know. It's And, you know, if you want it to, if you're if you were having blood pressure problems, if you lie down on the ground, you can write that pretty quickly. Again, the human resonance yeah, and grounding. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, it's, it's uh, what was I saying, though, otherwise? Oh, other things you can do. Yeah, um, yeah. No, oh, but my point, so the sun, yeah, go out in the sun, go out in the sun. Oh Big my time, gosh. Yeah. Like, so yeah. counter the blue light, right? Because no matter how many filters you put on it and glasses you wear, you're still not getting the sunlight, which is a beneficial light source, oh. as important as needed. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I'm here right now. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, like, Streaming I through my window right now. It's, you know, it's November, but I still have a bit of a tan, you know, because I go, I make sure I sit in whatever sun there is when it's out and they get that. To. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And the thing is, you don't, I stopped wearing sunscreen, I don't know how many years ago now, even while living in Arizona, I didn't have a problem. Um, and I, what I did is I studied a lot about Dr. Jack Cruz. I don't know if you've heard of him. No. He talks a lot about um, light and magnetism and water and, you know, sunlight. He's kind of, he's kind of a jerk. I don't like listening to him. He's like, has a kind of an attitude, but, um, but yeah. The information's some, solid. <laughs> some of it, I don't agree with it anyway, but yeah, he did teach me a lot about, um, the importance of like getting in the sun and he said and he's like a red-headed guy who's like normally would be burning all the time yeah, right, he said yeah. what you have to do is get the exposures in the early light or the late light where it's infrared and you build up to the middle and when you the infrared actually protects you from the uv so people aren't getting the infrared and so they're not protected from the uv so they burn mm. but if you're like building that up and pe so people our ancestors used if they're out all day you don't burn 
you know, because you're, mm. you adapt whatever climate you're in and you're, if you're out in it all day, you don't burn. And I mean, and if it's like really intense, I mean, when I go on these kayaking trips in Mexico, when I lived in Arizona, where it's like, I mean, that's some sun, like, it, you know, places I go in Mexico rain two days a year, I mean, just, you know, mm. and desert um, and everything. And I would be on the water and I still didn't wear sunscreen. And I would just like cover up a little more with a hat or like longer sleeves or something, you yeah. know, for the first day if I hadn't been out a lot, but I would get a little red sometimes, but I didn't, I mean, I'm not like a really a fair person. I'm more olive skin. So it's a little easier for me, but I know people who are fair who can do this. And what we're seeing now is people are really white. Have you noticed the vampires around? Like people oh, yeah. are. Because they're inside all the fucking time. Yeah. Well, and it's like a new it's different. It's even more than that. Something is so strange about it. Like I've seen this translucent kind of skinned kids, like these millennials who don't, yeah. it's like, they can't even when they do go outside, like they don't tan anymore. Like they've lost the capacity. I met one an electrosensitive who's in her twenties and she's like, I used to tan was she's like, I can't anymore. And she's like, just can't, she's like trying and she's in Arizona and she's just like not getting any, it's not working. And that's to do with melanin. You know, not melatonin, but melanin, but they're linked. Um, and so like, and you know, freckles, like, so we're told that moles are bad and freckles are bad, but the way Jack, Dr. Cruz would say is these are, this is energy storage. Like it's actually good. Like it's storing energy for you. Um, you know, that these, it's like concentrated melanin and this is important hormonally. So it's not bad to have moles and freckles and stuff. So I think we're, um, yeah, I mean, this idea that you always have to remove a mole or you have to have it biopsied and stuff, it's just absurd, you mm. know? And, and people who are getting skin cancers are, like, primarily office workers. They're not, like, farmers. And they're also... People who have probably always used, you know, toxic sunscreens on their and body. And toxic sunscreens. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing. And sunglasses, too. I stopped wearing sunglasses because, you know, your eyes have um, sensors for UV. They need the UV we need sunlight. And actually yeah. one of the things I've been experimenting with recently, although now we're going into winter here and it's raining a lot. So I don't really see the sun, but have you heard of sun gazing? Yeah. Yeah. Early morning or late afternoon usually, isn't it? Yeah. Sun, sunset, sunrise. Sunset, sunrise. Yeah. Sunrise. And um, as you advance in it, I guess you can do it a little bit. Like you want to do it close as possible to sunset. Sun, like within the first the hour or two is what I hear, you know, so to be safe about it. Um, start with a few seconds um people build up to like half an hour or 40 minutes and mm. um and what it does is it's actually it helps to decalcify your pineal pineal gland excuse me uh, pineal gland and um that is that's directly related to a lot of interesting functions but also including um actually melatonin it's like you know including all your hormonal functions so um so that gland actually needs some sunlight exposure and you get that through your eyes um and so looking directly at the sun when it's safe to do so can really aid in that and of course that's something that's been directly attacked with fluoridation programs um and heavy metals so you know this is i think on purpose because it dumbs us down it's like that's where the frontal lobe activity is like the critical thought processes you know mm. right there so that's like the key and it's also in a spiritual sense you know, i was about to say it's like your spiritual connection and all that sort of stuff yeah i think because it gives you a sensitivity that is we used to have probably um, when they were functioning where we were aware of other things you know other energies understanding mm. the universe and ourselves more as energy beings 
and not so much as this bag of chemicals, you know, and uh, so materialistic. I mean, our medicine now is so mechanistic and like everything is the, the universe and everything in it is viewed mechanically. And this is what's setting us up for like an enslavement in this new, like, you know, technocratic kind of dystopian nightmare mm. era that we're <laughs> starting to find ourselves in. Yeah, definitely marching towards that. And actually that leads me into my next thing. We, we might, um, because one of the things I wanted to cover as well, just, a, I mean, a very quick recap of the madness of what was 2022 and where we're sort of heading into into next year um, with some of the big plans that we've started to see. And some of the things I wanted to sort of mention, and Ethan, feel free to jump in whenever you want to, mate, but um, some of the things just purely based here in uh, Australia, Shannon, some of the things we've seen, right? So uh, a little while ago, there was a, so our um, welfare system here in Australia, um, it's called Centrelink. Um, and, you know, um, if you are unemployed, you, you can get what's called a job seeker payment. You know what I mean? So they'll, they'll pay you while you're trying to find a job sort of thing or whatever it is. And recently they've now changed that system to a, a, like a, a points-based thing. Like it's like, like, like a credit system now. So if you apply for a job, you'll earn a certain amount of points. And then you, cause you've got to hit a certain amount of points to get your payment. So it's like they've, it's like this sort of gamification that they've kind of done to this. Like they've convinced people to, to, to play along with this game in order to earn your points. You know what I mean? And you, and you'll be rewarded if you've um, earned enough points and stuff, you know? Um, so that was a bit of a change that they did throughout the year. And then we've started to see now, of course, uh, a big push in this country for, digital IDs. So recently, within the last month and a half, whatever, we've had, you know, the big telecommunication um, Optus, there's three big ones in Australia, there's Vodafone, Telstra and Optus. And Optus, um, which probably is about uh, maybe half the market share, how, they were hacked hacked recently, apparently. Um, I'm probably more along the lines of what Adam feels as well, where that maybe that actually isn't the case and it's probably more a false flag. I think, Ethan, you're probably on board with that too, yeah. maybe. Um, there we go. So that was – and then we've also seen what we've seen um, uh, the Optus false flag. We've seen uh, one of the big um, uh, Medibank private, so one of the big healthcare providers in Australia was also hacked with like millions and like 9 million customers' data was – was hacked by Russian hackers or whatever, you know. And this is all we happened. Like this could have happened in, in every year since these companies were were here, but it hasn't. It's only happened within the last sort of you know month and a half where all of this is starting to happen. Where of course, because the big push is for the digital ID. And then we saw even some of the um, I can't remember her name, Ethan. Do you remember, recall one of those uh, ministers came out and said, "Oh, we need to have a digital national digital ID, you know, to help help solve all this." remind me why that solves it you know isn't that part of the issue everyone is getting you know all these hacks are happening well what if they just hack their fucking digital id you know like which of course will probably happen but anyway so that's another thing we've been seeing so we've been seeing these big pushes for digital ids um this points-based kind of reward system for you know just get your, your little payments and stuff and now they're talking about things like your central bank digital currencies, which is obviously going to be the next big push. So we've always we've seen the um, the RBA, which is the Reserve Bank of Australia. That's of course our, our big um, you know uh, big bank here in the country. Um, uh, since like 2012, even like a long time ago, they've been running they've been running white papers, running test simulations on central bank digital currencies, and even more recently, they've they've you know been trialing it with different. Um, 
I mean, Comsys and another couple of other big companies have been trying to do these, um, uh, like a simulation of it, basically. So they'll they they run they sort of they gamify, you know, like they'll they'll run it in a in a scenario and see if all these systems work, and then they're like write a paper on it and say, oh yes, it did work, or we didn't work. We need to do this. We need to change it. But the point being is that's the next step. They want a central bank digital currency. Of course, we know that's on a global scale as well. That they're trying to roll these things out. Uh, is anyone one second? Is this Andy messaging? Uh, yeah, okay. it's just Andy letting us know he's not going to be able to get on. Um, the other thing we've been seeing here in the country as well, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar to it, but 2019 um, into 2020, the beginning of it, we had bushfires in the country here, okay? It made, made news all over the world. The whole country, you know, apparently the whole of Australia was burning under a bushfire, which wasn't the case, of course. It was particular areas along the New South Wales and Victoria East Coast that were um, suffering major bushfires. Uh, Ethan's done a lot of work on that too. If you wanted to read up on that, head over to tottnews.com. Um, and then just recently, we've had the floods as well. So, so many of the regional areas in Australia are under major flooding events. We sort of touched on a lot of this and what could have caused it with our podcast with Jim Lee as well about weather modification, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I sort of put it to him. I said, you know, is this, do you think, could be part of the plan? He's like, well, short answer, no. Long answer, kind of yes. Like, they have the capabilities to be able to do these things. Can we prove that they did it? No, you can't prove they did it. But, you know, when you add up all the information, it kind of makes sense that this is something they could actually do. Um, because uh, there's a an organization called CLARA here in Australia, uh, Shannon, which stands for Consolidated Land and Rail Australia. And mm -hmm. they are like the spearhead of a, uh, they're a non-government, they're an NGO, and they want to basically build smart cities with high-speed rail connecting them along the interior east coast, moving from around Melbourne up north of, uh, in Victoria, and then up New South Wales, up to Queensland. That's that's the plan. And they want to build smart cities. The fires were. Not only the fires, but the floods as well. And, um, <laughs> going, and then going hand in hand with that, uh, we were like, well, fair enough. This, you know, they're going to hit these areas, but what about people? People want, they want to go back to their homes. They want to rebuild. What's going to happen? I'm like, well, I, we sort of said, well, the government will probably come in or the insurance companies will say, well, we're not going to insure you if you're going to live there. We just want to show you. Or the government will say, well, you know, we need this land back. We'll buy it back off you for a small amount of money. And and this is exactly what's been happening, isn't it, Ethan? The insurance companies came in and said, nope, no insurance for you. Um, government's come in with um, local areas saying, oh, yeah, we're going to buy back this land and blah, blah, blah. And who knows what they're going to do. Well, we know what they're going to do with it. But, uh, yeah, this is what's been happening. So, uh, Ethan, feel free to chime in. Anything else that you've sort of seen craziness-wise that have been leading us into some of the things for, for next year, or is everything on board with what, with what I'm saying there, brother? Yeah, it's been a very transformative year, General. Obviously, we've, <laughs> we've seen the floods and, uh, you know, season 31 of Australia began with Albanese coming in and all of the cultural Marxism and environmental pushes that we're seeing. But it's also been a big year of uh, revelation as well. You know, February was the convoy to Canberra, which, as John Stapleton has put it, was a day that really changed Australia forever. Um, we've seen the Pfizer papers come out. We've even seen now the mainstream media admitting um, some of the things about the vaccine uh, as of late. And there's still seven weeks to go till the end of the year. So who knows what's going to happen? They're, they're starting to ramp things up again. But it's been a very uh, transformative year for sure. And yeah. 
it's um it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in the future all right I'll, I'll just throw to shannon now if you wouldn't mind maybe just give us a, a a quick rundown on some of the things you've noticed throughout this year and then we'll we'll move into what we see coming in the future yeah exactly uh i mean yeah the writing's on the wall and actually the writing is on agenda 21 and agenda 2030 <laughs> <laughs> um, <for> yourself, yeah. <laughs> I mean, people haven't read this stuff, you know, they hear, oh, if you if you say that, it's like you're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, they don't even know what's in these documents. These are these are official UN documents. Yeah, you know? yeah. Tr treaties that all their countries have signed on to. Exactly. Yeah. Like they want this to happen. And it's very, very frightening. And it's, you know, moving people into these super smart cities off the land. Um, confining us. I mean, you know, total surveillance, uh, social credit systems, all in the name of like allegedly saving the environment, which is just complete bunk because all these technologies are harming the environment and mm -hmm. there's proof of that. Mm -hmm. So there's no reason any of these psychopaths want to save the environment. They're the ones who've been polluting it and degrading it and raping it for how long, you know, and they want us to come in and save it now. None of these billionaires are talking about, you know, zero uh, CO2 for themselves. Um, you know, Bill Gates' famous TED Talk speech, he's like, we need to get these fig, you know, we need to get the CO2 down to almost zero. It's not possible. Like, you can't, you know, and he's like, one of these figures and, he's, and people is one of them needs to be almost at zero. <laughs> and you know which one he wants. It's like when people <laughs> say, people. you're the carbon they want to reduce, you know what I mean? Oh. Like, talking about yeah. us. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, obviously, we could start with Bill Gates and that would be great if he stopped breathing and uh, polluting. <laughs> but, yeah, rumble um, over that one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they're not, it's like, they're the elitist. They're, you know, it's the, the Davos crew, the WEF and all these billionaires, you know, that come together and decide what the world's going to be like the great reset. And, you know what we're all going to do they're not going to they're going to just make, make themselves richer they're going to have all this land that we used to own you know if we don't have land then we don't have anything we don't have freedom you know people mm. have to be able to own property to have a, a free society yeah. um so that's, a, that's a big one actually is that property yeah, yeah they, they don't yeah. want us owning property at all and I don't, I don't mean property even as a block of land i mean property as in owning anything, anything. yeah, yeah. And that's the problem with digital currencies and centralized, you know, yeah. digital currency. If you get rid of cash, you know, they're also talking about having an expiry date, you know, so you're going to have to use it by a certain date. You can't save money. You can't if you save can't money, save money you can't right. buy property. You can't own anything then, that's right. You can't own anything. You, just, you know, give you just enough to pay the lease on something or just enough to pay the rent on something, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's like it's easy enough to take property away when you first take everybody's jobs away and, and shut down all their businesses through government mandates. You know, all these lockdowns impoverished how many people and starved how many people and killed how many people, you know, and it's just continuing. The repercussions are still snowballing. I mean, it's like obviously there's going to be crazy inflation if you put trillions of stimulus money into the economy and, and kill everybody's businesses. I mean, that's just the obvious next thing that's going to happen and then the obvious next solution to the problem they created is all oh, our money's so out of control this inflation let's just start over you know and and we'll get we'll forgive the student loans which is what's happening here mm. you know biden's talk of forgiving all these student loans forgiving debt you know forget we'll forgive all your debt that just just sign know, on to the cbdc yeah as long as you just sign away here sign your soul away to the devil you know 
it'll be all good. But it's like, mm-hmm. it's the fractional reserve fraudulent banking system that got everybody into this crazy debt in the first place. You know, so they're creating all the problems and they offer all the solutions and all the solutions are not anything we want. You know, not really. If you understand the big picture and you understand what these things mean, you know, it might sound good on the face of it. And that's what people, they get lured into this because they think, oh, well, I don't have a problem with, you know, well, I don't have anything to hide. First of all, it's I don't have anything to hide. I'm not a terrorist, so I don't care if I'm spied on, you know, and then it's like, well, I don't, I'm a good person. So I don't have any problem with like being a good person to earn my income, you know, to get my points. Um, and I want to help, you know, I'm, I'm, and they're already, they've been like the same people are like virtuing signaling all over the place the last mm. couple of years. So they don't have a problem with stepping up to the, you know, be, you know, being a good team player and, and just, you know, and like, you know, sacrificing something for the group and the greater good. And we'll get all in this together and all this talk. Right. Oh, you're missing a big one. It's it's also convenient. It's convenient. <laughs> and that's the thing, you know, we've, and like, we need to stop being so lazy. You know, I mean, mm. we, we fall for this stuff out of laziness. Like, so, mm. you know, how, how is like, how hard is it to do some of these extra things if, if the price, the price is so huge. You know, I mean, it's like your freedom is it should come. It's not a small price to pay, I should say, for freedom. You know, these inconveniences alleged. Um, but all we have to do is look at China. Keep looking at China, everybody. That's the model. Like, and so many of these globalists, these um, World Economic Forum people are saying, look at China, how great China is. Like, China's taking care of their pandemic problems like you know they're not it's amazing that nobody's coming out at least in have the you, mainstream. have you seen the imagery of like the guns at one of the airports or whatever like yes like guns come, at airports. yeah like, not, like automated weapons like, you've seen this ethan there's like automated weaponry at like one of their airports and if like you if you yeah if you if you scan up red or whatever then <laughs> it's fucked man like it's full dystopian well, what we also are seeing is that they've been using their smartphones as their ID for a long time. And, mm. you know, obviously, number one problem for me and other people like me is that I can't use a smartphone. I'm already locked out of so many things, like increasingly locked out of everything. Yeah. So it's like they know there are these people, millions of people who have this problem that is supposed to be considered a functional impairment under the UN as of 2000, year 2000. Like this is an official functional impairment disability that is supposed to be accommodated by UN nations. Some of them do make some, like Sweden, they make some accommodations for some people like me. Um, But mostly it's just ignored and we're just collateral damage. They're not going to do anything for us. So we'll just get locked out and that's it. You know, too bad. Just like the people who won't get vaccines, you're locked out, you know, too bad. Mm. Um, So it's becoming this like Either you go along with the jab and these digital IDs, which are all going to be linked together because it'll be linked to your, everything's getting, so that the, the technology is linked to your biology so that you can be remote controlled, basically. And it sounds crazy, but this is the this is the point, you know, like when you get your Neuralink, that Elon Musk's Neuralink, and you're linked to AI, that's a two-way street, you know, like you can be programmed. I mean, this is like, there are patents. There's, I mean, I've been researching this a lot for another book I'm doing with John, the one that we first started, you know, in 2019. About yeah. But, you know, this technology exists to erase memories. They brag about it. Isn't this great? We can we can help yeah. people with PTSD. We'll or just erase those implant memories. false memories. Implant yeah. false memories. Yeah, that's right. And there's this whole move to, like, get us to not know what reality is with the virtual reality. There's Mark Zuckerberg on his oh, yeah. student 
universe meta, craziness. Yeah, exactly. You know, like so really what they want is this like this us living as avatars. This is something that Japanese government openly said a few years ago that or in 2020 I think that they were expecting they're planning for at least half of their population to be living as avatars by the year I think it was like 2030 or something they wanted oh, they were yeah. getting ready for this it's like the movie Bruce Willis movie surrogates or something like surrogates. that yeah yeah and that surrogates is like what I think of because and I can't remember the reason they couldn't go outside probably the virus or something right yeah <laughs> Yeah, you had really, yeah, probably something like that. Yeah, go outside for you, right? And you got your virtual your reality headset on, and you're and you got your robot out in the world doing things for you, and you're just sit, you're just sitting in your chair. Your chair. At home. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Of course, like Bruce Willis, he's sitting at home and he's all ripped and he's built like somehow, <laughs> like even though he's just sitting there. <laughs> but um, I don't think that's how most of us will look at we're sitting like that. You know? <laughs> Very different image. Um, yeah. Yeah. But no, I see that, like, you know, we have this thing happening here with a real ID, they call it, um, you know, which is using biometrics. So they want to get into, like, you know, scan. Being, I mean, there's a facial recognition software using, you know, social media and everything. And so um, they've got that. And then it's like they want to scan your face for everything. And this is what they're doing in China. Kids go to school, they scan their faces to get mm. in. They go through turnstiles. There's videos of this. They scan their faces. And then otherwise, when they go into buildings, they're all holding up their phones to the get QR the QR codes and things. Yeah, Yeah, because, oh, I got my vaccine, you know, I can come in, whatever. So it's like the va- they want us like. What a life. Far out. It's just, I, what, I it, don't it, want it, that. Who wants that? Like, I don't know. And this is like, this is what that is all going towards. This is what the, I mean, they're my mod, like I said, China's the model. Just keep looking at China and we keep getting closer to that every day. And we know. No way did anybody think in the free world in 2020 that we would do anything like China was doing, that we would even have to wear masks. And look what's happening. Here we are. Yeah. Oh, are. Funny you should say that, Shannon, because, like, was it yesterday, Ethan? The Queensland government came out with what was what they did was they have um, their emergency powers, right? And, of course, every 90 days where they were just rolling it over, oh, we've got them again, oh, we've got them again, and <laughs> yeah, we've got them again. Forever. They ended. They actually ended them. Like, so they didn't reinstate them just recently. But what they did instead was they're gonna. They said the chief health officer would have said, "Oh, oh, we're gonna have this new um, traffic light system. You know, green, we're all good. Amber, or maybe maybe put your mask on again. Red, or lockdowns, basically is what it means." And yesterday, we're now in amber because apparently there's a the, one of the multiple variants are all surging, and oh, we need to get our boosters again, and that's all it all comes mm-hmm. down to. Like, this is still going on here right now in this country it's ridiculous like people overseas like america and the uk especially are laughing at us going are you fucking kidding me like this shit's still going on there like well, get I over it, you know yeah you know they do kind of the same thing here it's not quite as extensive but you know there are i mean you can just tell by what people are wearing how many people are wearing masks when you go into town like they must have gotten some alert or news that it's more dangerous today or something <laughs> You know, and I just like, okay, whatever. But um, but like they have this, they've been training us for this for a long time, you know, yeah. with terrorism. They had the same system basically That's right. over here. They like, did. The red is the dangerous or whatever, and the you know, orange it's an orange alert day, it's a whatever alert day because somebody left a bag at an airport unattended or yeah, whatever yeah. nonsense. And they got us, you know, to they stripped us of a lot of rights then, and you know, we got used to things like 
um, being strip searched basically at airports and yeah. you know. So a couple of you guys have to take your shoes off at airports take your and stuff. Freaking like, shoes off a shoe bomber. Come so on. Backwards, yeah. You know, I mean, really, like these stories, right? The shoe bomber. I mean, mm. <laughs> right. So now you have to take your shoes off, and then it's like, oh, That's why I wear, like, I wear thongs everywhere, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking these off. You can see it. Yeah. <laughs> But that reminds me, there was a, a picture of a guy walking the street somewhere, I think in London, wearing a mask and nothing else. His mask was um, basically on his, you know what? And that's where he had his mask. <laughs> that was a great shot. Clever, clever. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's just, um, you know, people have to see that, like, you can't ever give away your liberty for any reason. You know, they give, they make excuses. It's an emergency or whatever. Oh, we're still in a free society. We're just, it's just during an emergency. Mm. And you know how many emergencies are on the books? And here, our governor Newsom, like the, you know, World Health Organization, I mean, not World Health, um, World Economic Forum, you know, one of these guys is our governor. And mm. he's been like one of the craziest ones in the country. And he's already done an emergency, um, you know, state of emergency for monkeypox. And oh yeah, yeah. Being, being what about, about monkeypox? That's a good example. Monkeypox is a great example of what happens when you you don't pay any attention to the idiocy. It just goes away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just it just went away here. No one even talks had, about um, it. People are taking vaccines. They had vaccines <laughs> made for it already, yeah. and they're taking them. I don't know. Yeah, same with same with over here. We've uh, Victoria, New South Wales got in extra supplies and did a rollout for monkeypox. Yeah. Uh, and then like a month unreal. later, you never mentioned again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just again conditioning. Like, you take your medicine. You know, it's going to be like actually. Yeah. There's a there's a good movie um called The Giver. Have you seen that? Is there is like a recent kind of one? Uh, no, actually, I think no? it's at least okay. a decade old. Um, okay. And not, I mean, I can't remember the actors, not any like really amazing ones or anything. But my God, it's like I just happened upon this. Somebody had this DVD somewhere I was staying last year and I was like, so we watched it. OK, so they live in this dystopian future where, um, first of all, you're not allowed to have like your own natural family. Like the families are assigned by the state. Right. So, you know, no, like natural bonding. No romance. Oh, no my daughter told me about this movie. Yep. Okay. Yep. Surveillance. Yep. There are these little drones everywhere, constantly surveilling everybody. Um, everything's determined for you, like your like your vocation, you know, what you're gonna do in life and everything. And um, and you get your like vaccine every day before you leave the house. You get jabbed. Yep. You can't leave. The door won't open unless you do that. So it's like that's good to me. And and the thing. Okay. So this boy decides to not do the jab he puts a um like a, a he fakes it he fakes it something else he puts a fruit there and that gets the jab and he leaves and he starts to see everything different like everything's sort of in black and white and it's in color and there's all these sensations so something in that medication like keeps them you know on it this dull, like dulls the sense. Behaved, yeah. you know, whatever model citizen and he starts to have like passions and things he wants to do and you can't leave the perimeter like you can't they're all in their perfect little world, their little city. You in know, a bubble. They, yeah, like they're in a bubble. They bike so to work, like, their electric bikes, whatever. You know, like it's just exactly how they want to do our cities. Like, oh, it's environmentally friendly. Oh, everybody's happy. Everybody, no, there's no crime. You know, there's no life either. There's no passion. There's there's no individual create creation. There's what's the point? You know, you're you're a caged animal. You know, a caged animal might be safer, but it's not freer. And that's what we have to remember. Mm. You know, it's like the safety, the idea, it's an illusion of safety. 
it's not real safety. You know, none of this is safe, what they're doing for us. And like having other people determine what is and isn't safe for your body. Obviously they're wrong because a lot of people are dying from what they say is safe for us. Yeah, it's, it's crazy um, here too. So many, yeah, so many deaths of, of everyone, you know, the heart attacks, the sudden sudden adult death, the SADS is through yeah. the roof. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's and it's like you know I it, it's close to home for I think most people now because that's that's really telling like I I luckily still don't have anybody in my immediate family but I have like my immediate friends close friends who have some of their family members who've died suddenly after the jabs or yeah. you know young people um, yeah my so my like, nephew's got Bell's palsy now my talking oh to my, my neighbor gosh. yesterday he's my neighbor's like oh, the doctors don't know what's wrong with me. I'm like, oh, I've got no energy. I've eaten all this food and I can't put on weight. And I'm like, dude, you got fucking jab, man. Like, I tried yeah. to tell you. Oh, idiots. Yeah, I've been trying to tell people from the get-go. I'm like, this is what they're going to do. Mm. You know, like, to me, if anybody who's like you guys who've been researching, you've been watching what's happening in the world for a while, you knew the minute they, like, said, oh, re- oh okay, we'll let you, like, we'll lock you down. But once you, we have the vaccine, then everybody can go back to you know, whatever, and yeah. you have to all get it. And this is what um, they did. All the predictive programming movies, you know, I wrote about this in the book I wrote with John, which chapter on predictive programming, just decades of, you know, movies about pandemics, viruses, and the mm-hmm. answer is always the vaccine, right? That's always the solution. Yep. So it's like they've been just gearing us up for this for so long. Um, but yeah, my next book, I'm actually in the middle of writing a book. I'm you know, pretty far along is about these, these vaccines, so-called, um, more, you know, specifically about them. I did write about that a lot in, in the book, Welcome to the Masquerade, but I decided it was worthy of its like own book. <laughs> so I'm. Can I, um, can I ask you, Shannon, do you think, do you put any stock in it? I do, to be honest, I think this is actually a thing, but do you put any stock in the fact that all these people, the jabbed, are emitting a Bluetooth signal? Yeah, um, that's interesting as an electrosensitive because I felt that with somebody I know who got jabbed. I haven't felt it all the time, but I felt it a couple times. I felt it really strongly with a friend of ours who, they must have just gotten a booster. I didn't ask, but, you know, he didn't care about getting a vaccine. He was kind of like, whatever, you know, but then he got this job, you know, government job he wanted. And so he went along with it and he got so sick, first of all. He was sick for like five weeks and he was like, I've never been this sick. And so I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm like, dude, dude you know what just happened? Yeah, like, wake dude. up, man. Yeah. Like, like, it's not that hard to put this together. Yeah. You know, um, like you would have anyway, seen the videos, right, of, of people testing yeah, this. In, I was gonna in, say, yeah, what I was going to say is when I saw him, um, I saw him when he was sick. I didn't notice anything. But then again, I was in his house with Wi-Fi and everything. He came out to see us and he doesn't take his, he knows, like, don't, you know, like, the phones on like people leave their phones in the car right that, that's like the rule i know he didn't have his phone on him and he came near me and he doesn't and i'm also chemically sensitive he didn't doesn't wear any kind of you know smell any like fragrances that was that's the other thing that might set off like symptoms for me like headache right but he came gave me a hug and i was like whoa like my head just like wanted to explode and it was that sensation that i get from emf and it hurt you know wow. and my head was like god like what the heck like why is he like that hurts, you know, and and I just didn't say anything to him because he doesn't want to talk. He's the kind of person that I, you know doesn't want to talk about that stuff, so I don't like push it. But um, I'm like, man, I gotta get. And every time it kept, he was over for a little while. Every time I got near him, same thing. My head would hurt, 
And I know that feeling because I've tested this over and over and over again for like eight years now. So for me, I know, and I have other sensitive friends who've said the same thing about the, I've had at least a few, my sensitive friends, my canary friends who said the same thing. And one of them, he said, uh, somebody had just gotten jabbed and came over to visit and they actually went out to a park together but they rode his motorcycle there and he said the whole time he was like feeling like she has a cell phone on her or something, you know, and she mm-hmm. didn't have a cell phone on her. She knows the rules, you know, <laughs> they get there. There's no, they're in a park with nothing. No, you know, he's got his meter and everything. And he's like, I feel like, cause for him, he actually starts feeling like drunk. He staggers when he's around microwaves. And so he was like staggering. He doesn't walk right. Everybody thought he was drunk. Like when he was having, like when he was really bad off and around microwaves. So, and I write, he's in my book, by the way, this one, I write some, you know, I have people's stories in my book besides yeah. my own. Yeah. And, and he said, then when she came back, like six months later, he didn't feel that again. So he thinks there is a detox that happens. And that's why they keep wanting to do the boosters and stuff. So there's something going on with like the, if it's a graphene oxide, mm. that's, that's a super conductive, um, you know, uh, you call it metal, but, um, yeah, I think it's a kind of metal graphene, but it's yeah, like yeah, it's super definitely super conductive. Right? Yeah, exactly. And they call it a superconductor. Yeah. And so it's like, what's that doing in there? Well, then they're, you know, obviously, yeah. And the Bluetooth thing, I mean, I haven't tried that myself, but I have a Next time you have this too. guy come over, like, or you know this guy, like, I'd be, find out what kind of cell phone he has. Because if he's got an Android, it's a lot easier to do the test. And then ask him, like, mm-hmm. yeah, have you got any other Bluetooth devices or any devices on you? Or is it just your phone? If it's just his phone, then you're going to have to just bear with it while he does the test for like a minute or two. And get him to just search for a Bluetooth signal, and he'll he'll detect mm-hmm. himself 100, percent and he'll be the only it. one. You know what I mean? I have to. I'll see if I could let. Him, yeah, see if I'll I've do done that. this with I my neighbor, and I'm like, dude, like that's look look at your phone. That's you. That's being picked up, man. And like he he was the only person. I used. his missus wasn't there, and the kids don't have phones. They're too young. It was just him, and like nothing else was getting picked up except for like him. I'm like, and and that's like like this is your phone, but there's another there's another signal there, man. And like, that's you like, look up these numbers and, and you'll see that it doesn't match any known device. Like, damn, man, I'm trying to tell him like, <laughs> you're, you're fucking emitting Bluetooth brother. Ugh. Yeah. Well, and I was just watching a, a video before we got on tonight from a doctor. Um, I'm going to have to look it up. I forgot, but it's somebody in Australia um, who is like one of the researchers who's looking at the, um, under microscopes at the, the jab ingredients, who's seeing, the um, nanotechnology and seeing this like weird nanotech in there. Right. Mm. And he said that, and he had this like image on the video. I can send it to you after um, where it's like, he's um, he see, he says that he had it like, I guess when he had it in a Faraday cage, it like it contracted, but like when it got into EMFs, it's like expanding, whatever. Like it's feeding is. off it almost. It seems like it's changing in these it's environments. Using, yeah, it's using these signals in the environments, EMF and stuff. Wow, full on. That's crazy. I mean, this all makes sense when, again, I know people they think we sound crazy, but you just have to look at what the futurists have been saying for a long time and what they've been writing about. I mean, I saw an article, I think it was in 2018, that said by the year 2030, interesting date, you know, because that's the agenda 2030 is when this is all supposed to be done by. We'll all have nanobots streaming in our blood. Mm. So just get used to it. That was the article. Like it was like, get used to it. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You don't have a choice. Just might as well be prepared for it and accept it because it's gonna be good for you. Because you know your doctor will be able to monitor in real time everything happening in your body all the time. They'll be able not to just monitor how, it. How but convenient. Nano- 
can yeah and it can deliver the drugs for you as well it can it can like change your dose it can you know tweak it for you if you're a little unhappy one day you're acting a little angry at the man at the system it'll just like change your dose a little bit so that yeah you know make, I mean, you, make you more of a zombie <laughs> so and stuff wow. yeah yeah oh I mean, all of a sudden just, i don't feel anything anymore yeah it's like fluoride yeah. just wash over you yeah <laughs> crazy stuff well ethan i might just cross back to yourself mate let's um let's just have a little bit of a chat and see what ethan thinks is on the horizon for 2023 bullet point if you want mate but what do you see coming within the next 12 months mate let's let's see if we can blast out a few things here we I've sort of mentioned a few things and where we're kind of going and stuff but i, I kind of want to get I guess your opinion on what you see as the major threats coming up for 2023. Well, I still think it'll just be the same uh, Albanese push. You know, I think that's what season 31 is all about. Uh, this whole push towards renewables and uh, electric vehicles and mm -hmm. all, you know, we're, we're going through a transformative phase now as they set everything up. I mean, all of the systems were already established by the previous government that's what they were for uber surveillance 5g my gov id digital id it's all already been set up and been waiting there from the previous government um and what we're going to see is just all of that sort of intermingle and introduce and that's why you know 2023 we'll be holding two member workshops for tott news queensland and sydney um because we're just encouraging people to continue to disconnect from the system before we get to agenda 2030 and all of this stuff is is, is rolled in incrementally um so that's what i predict more of that over the next year just further pushes towards more cultural marxism more green army stuff more uproot of traditional systems and uh, more you know centralization of power which is always the key so yeah we'll definitely be seeing more of that in 2023 but you know we've got a we've got still got eight years to come yeah. or seven years in 2023 until 2030 gets here and we've had the eyes to see so as long as everyone out there continues to disconnect from the system and uh try to avoid this as much as possible we should be able to weather whatever storm is on the way you know it'll be interesting to see if they do ramp up the corona stuff again they're about to introduce mrna next generation self-amplifying mrna flu vaccines here in australia csl mm. who poisoned millions of australians with an infected polio vaccine in the 60s they're going to be bringing it in so that's good that's news a commonwealth um, serum laboratories is that who that is yes yep. yes that's um that's now owned by russia actually it's a <laughs> russian company that owns it but um because awesome. nothing's owned but in australia anymore but it's still our biotech manufacturing industry um but plus they're yeah, building all the um, mrna facilities here too doesn't it moderna's building one and i think yeah. pfizer wants to build one here as well yeah so that's that's going to be the future and they're just going to ramp everything up it will just be interesting to see if they can pull all that stuff again you know like they are after the fourth wave of coronavirus has arrived and all these amber alerts and in sydney channel 7 were urging people to go out and get their fifth jab now that they're eligible for it <laughs> But I don't think, like, I don't think we're going to potentially just turn to mass lockdowns and stuff. Like, I Neither think do I. Yeah, I think we've, they've shot themselves in the death. foot with that one, yeah. And especially with the symbolic ending of the Queen's death, the corona crown we, we did, from we corona, that. That's right. 911 days since it was declared she dies. So it's almost oh. like that <laughs> period has ended. 
Um, but, you know, you, you really don't know what they could pull because we didn't know. We thought the unexpected, like we, we never would have thought the last two years were possible, right, that anyone would go along with that, yeah. that anyone would believe that type of stuff. So for me to say, oh, I don't know if they'll do it again, they very much could and people would go along In with it. In a different it, you know? form, so, I think. I just think it's they're they're past that stage now. They've really got to get into action time. Bill Gates has announced he's going to donate over one billion dollars to sustainable development goals over the next five years. So that's what they're going to be focusing on. They've already injected most of the the world's population with you know whatever all this stuff we're talking about. Yep, exactly, and 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 that's already almost done in a sense. So. It'll be interesting to see, mate. It's, yeah. it's so going to be a funny time ahead, but so your predictions mainly more of more, more of the yeah more of the same and, and uh, uh, of what we've been seeing in the last what maybe six months to to a year, like yeah, and I think finally up like all this the, stuff, yeah, like finally the manifestation like digital ID and they they New South Wales have stated that they will be a hundred percent cashless society by twenty twenty four. So twenty twenty four seems like a big year that they want to have digital ID and all of those systems fully in. So I reckon next year is going to be like a full transformative stage of I that, think we'll you know. see more of the trials. I'm pretty sure um correct me if I'm wrong, maybe Townsville up in North Queensland they're trialing the, the digital driver's license like purely digital driver's license for here in Queensland. I'm pretty sure they're doing that. So that's like, you know, again, these are all the little trials that are going to happen for all these little bits and pieces. And then when they know, oh, that works, or this works, or this works, or we tweak that, we tweak this, and then bang, they've got their final product and they just roll that shit out. And it all connects to the smart cities, right? So electric Correct. vehicles and yeah. autonomous vehicles and stuff, they all connect to the grid. All of this stuff connects to that larger grid that they're mm. trying to put into place. So even oh. though they're individual topics, it's a part of the, the the one larger agenda. Did you see the first unmanned, um, you know, no driver um, semi trailer is going to be trialed in uh, Sydney this week or something, Ethan? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. Sydney, driverless yeah. driverless truck is coming to Sydney Great. and it's uh, trialing that. Yeah, that, that that's going to end well. well. That's <laughs> well, Senator yeah, exactly. over in the <laughs> US, <laughs> over in the US, um, Senator Chang ran on that for the the previous election. He was talking about that once this comes in, six million truck drivers in the United States will potentially be out of a job and that's going to be devastating and in Australia they predict potentially 1.5 to 2 million uh, people out of a job in Australia and trucks make Australia run so Mm -hmm. they're not training people for that transition they're not they're just saying oh just get a job being a, a, a mechanic on these highly sophisticated AI trucks even though it's an industry where it's the largest uh employment for people that haven't finished high school they end up being you know large majorities of people being so they can't do anything else they don't have the capabilities the technical know-how to just become some engineer on a truck and fix all the computers and no one's preparing them for that so this is what we're going to see and i even think that mark zuckerberg with his metaverse and they're like oh he's lost half his wealth and stuff well now they're about to lay off massive parts of their workforce twitter massive parts of their workforce it's almost like all of these massive companies are just going to keep getting smaller and smaller and more and more people are going to be locked out of the system and we're just going to be all in the outskirts of this oligarchical dystopia you know Mm. i think the cull is going to continue a bit too do you think the cull is going to happen like more we're going to see more because we (laughs) noticed that the that um 
what do they refer to it as the terminology um something deaths like um you know uh, unknown deaths or whatever it is you know oh, like undisclosed yeah, cause or whatever it is you know what i mean or, oh, yeah um the unknown, you know unknown cause or something yeah you know what i'm trying to say like that yeah. number for the last three or years or whatever it was really low well three years ago it was quite low then it went to like in a couple of hundreds or thousands and then it's like doubled and tripled again it's i think that's gonna we're gonna see that snowball over the next year for sure um oregon's gonna jump up a lot higher because we're at that point now where there's so many more it's what well, they predicted in the beginning of it, it could be 12 like you know, six to 12 months or 12 to three years is going to be that period where we're going to see the big die-off happen um with regards to all the people who have had these shots and stuff um and well, i just, just remember general that the long-term testing the long-term yeah. testing for these vaccines doesn't end until 2023 20, yeah that's yeah. right yeah. yeah so it's still ongoing until the end of next year. Then they will have the results of that mass experiment, right? Mm. So it's like we're not even out of the trial phase yet for Correct. the long-term effects. Yeah, yeah. So they can. Yeah. A lot of them could be placebo still, as well, which I've actually found out um, is a true thing that's been happening because I know somebody who actually got notified that she may have had a placebo when she had hers for um, teaching job. So mm. um, yeah, technically they're supposed to be doing that with at least some portion of the population so once they get through that and then they approve it because they're like oh we're done our trial and they'll skew the data or whatever mm. you know the way they want and then they'll get the full approval which means no more excuses yeah. for people who want out you know who yeah. say well it's an experimental draw it's yeah. over it's then it, the then trial. It, it's safe you know then it. It, then it gets added exactly. to the schedule and then it becomes yeah. every yeah. every child born well that's the next day they, they get they're going to have their COVID shots every year just to go to school or to kindergarten because you know yeah, here well, in Australia it's no jab no play you know no jab no oh, job well, the and CDC all this already, stuff. The CDC here already did their first round of approval for it for the schedule so they've already they're already putting it on the schedule. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, and Atagi here is the mod the mob that does it here. The um, I can't remember what it stands for, but anyway, something. And uh, they're the ones that are already saying, yeah, we want it approved for the zero to five-year-olds and, yeah, we, we want it on the schedule and we want it for pregnant women and we want it for this and we want it. We just want it, you know, because, of yeah. course, they're all farmer-owned shells anyway. Even against Pfizer's own uh, yeah. clinical development yeah. documents. Exactly. exactly. They recommend against vaccinating under fives, yet they are still They are still it. wanting it for some reason. Mm, what about the manufacturers saying they don't want it? But yeah. Documents that come out after the approval. Yeah. Right? The clinical <laughs> development document was updated after it was approved and still said that it's not recommended yeah. for Pfizer. So was, that, was it in the last one that TJ Coles put up on TOTT yeah. News? Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. Because he was denied a freedom of information request from the FDA in terms of he just wanted to know if people were compensated for having their children tested, which they were. He did discover on uh, once he rang Pfizer and got the clinical development document off of them. Um, it even says in there, yeah, that uh, they were compensated for it. They were paid. Lots of bribery going on to get that through. Um, again, don't account any of the sudden deaths to the vaccine in there. <laughs> In their report so it's just it's going to be more of that stuff but i think now we've we've seen enough now to know what's going on if people don't understand what's going on now then they're really like that's, yeah, well, that's going to be a dark path for them and i know, think like, more are ethan because they they did mention that um i think they said only 60 percent of the queensland population have had um that are, are double double dosed so 
40% of the Queensland population um, I either have had none, one, or that's it. Like, they just went, well, we've had the two, we're not having any more. So there's a lot of people that have just opted opted out completely and said, well, we're not doing it. So remember from the beginning, it was always, oh, we've reached 89%. We've reached 91%. We're at 94% for Queensland. Yay. For... We knew they were lying because they literally just came out the other day and gave the real figures. And like, well, it's a lot lower than you were fucking boasting about, you idiots. Yeah. Yeah, so we've seen that a lot too. More lies and stuff happening. But, um, yeah, I personally think we're going to see a bit more of a die-off. Um, you're right, much more of the same. We're going to see the digital ID push. We're going to see the trials popping up all over the place. And then probably in maybe 2024, I think you're probably right about that, will be the, the time when it just gets uh, implemented. But well, I, the head, I, just, to, just to quickly jog yeah. in, the head of Microsoft actually said that we will be in 2024 in a world that is indistinguishable from 1984. He said that. Wow. Mm, interesting. Uh, they said 1984 <laughs> as, a, as yeah. the year he chose. Well, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think he was referring to the book, wasn't the, he? The book, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we will uh, be in a world oh, that's indistinguishable. Oh, I thought you meant the year. Okay. No, um, no, no, no. The Orwellian yeah. nightmare, exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what we're pushing yeah. for. Um, yeah. yeah. And obviously he was saying that to demonize China and some of the advances that they're making with artificial intelligence just so he can, you know, get ahead of the race there. But they're putting it pretty plainly in front of you. The other thing I was going to add, Ethan, is that um, the only thing I can't quite work out is what what are they going to use to sell it? Because it's, it's, you know, more often than not, it's an incident that happens when they go, wow, look what happened. We need this. You know what I mean? It's that problem reaction solution thing. I just can't quite envision the whatever the the huge problem is, the big dilemma, the crash, whatever it's going to be. There's going to be. I think it's still. I still think there's going to be something that they're going to need to use to then implement this dystopic fucking CBD digital CBDC digital ID for you know currency kind of thing nightmare that we're all, going to see. You know, like it's all. Um, I don't think everyone wants it. It's it. all pieces. It's all pieces of a puzzle, though. So we yeah. will see events for each one of those certain sectors. So we've seen the first of that with this so-called ha- mass hacking of Optus and Correct. Telstra and all this. And let's now have digital ID. So that's not a massive event, but it's still something that happens that makes people accept that part mm. of the of the puzzle. And then they'll accept this part of the puzzle, whether it's Visa and uh, Commonwealth Bank talking about getting microchips in your hand for more convenient payments and people wanting to go along with that. Yeah, that sounds great. You know, all of these little things will just come in bit by bit, but it will make up the larger structure, you know. Like Corona really was that catalyst event that allowed all of that to happen, that massive earth-shattering event. But in terms of whether another massive earth-shattering event will happen, I I think it's going to be more smaller now. The same way 9-11 happened, and then over the next two decades, more spying, more legislation. You know, by the time Corona come around, the achievements of 9-11 of introducing that whole Patriot Act-driven Uber surveillance state, mm. airport security, spy on everyone, mass NSA spying everywhere, that was already done because of that massive event. So now we've had Corona and then... By the time 2030 comes along, all of the little things that are a result of that, because of that happening, and other things will lead to that. Yeah, I see what you're saying. All the, all the frameworks being put in place and all the little things are in place. But, yeah, I don't know. There's just something in me that says there's just another 9-11. There's another corona thing. There's another something that's coming 
that'll be like bang that then the switch takes place whether it's a global financial crash of some sort probably who knows? financial i yeah, think financial probably be too, the likely that's right. one yeah. Uh, because well, it's obviously immediately tied into currencies then as well, and it'll be like, well, and they'll sell it. On, I, I personally think that the, the selling point will be, well, you, we'll be able to wipe your debt. You just, we, here we go. We just take on this new currency, and your debts are forgiven. Similar to what Shannon was saying, what they were doing with student debts and stuff. You know, like, mm-hmm. like uh, who's not going to jump at that? Wow, I, I now I, I can wipe my home loan, or I can wipe my credit cards, or bang, and I, I don't need to worry about them anymore. Yeah, I'm on board. You know, that's to me is a is a big selling point. That debt stuff is a big driver for me. So, and if yeah. we look at the previous century, you know, this is a hundred year cycle that they always do. The previous one after the the 1918 flu and all of the influenza and polio that would come after that, you know, they went through the Great Depression. And that's what was the catalyst for the transformation of the gold back system and introduction of central banks and fiat currency because of that Great Depression period that they went through, that collapse. Mm. So if, you, if you're if you trying to transform the monetary system again, away from fiat to digital currency, a whole new type of financial system, you would need that type of Great Depression grind again, not necessarily like a massive collapse, but things just incrementally getting so bad that people cry out for that solution. Mm. Please get rid of my debts. Yeah. Please, I'm begging big, you. That another big amazing. problem reaction solution thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So it would likely be financial, um, yeah. for sure. Yeah. All right, Shannon, uh, we'll oh, throw to you to, to wrap it up for the episode. Oh, yeah. I was going to say I'm a little bit hopeful that um, – these uh, criminal cartels like the drug and the prostitution and stuff will keep the cash society alive because <laughs> it seems Me like too. They... yeah there's yeah. going to be a need i still think there will always be a need for that black market for sure yeah. right so how are they going to function if they don't have cash they're going to be they the, i mean the government and one of the biggest proponents of it you know I mean they do all the dirty deals themselves of course yeah. that's why they're coming after crypto at the moment because oh, yeah. lots of criminals use cryptocurrency like bitcoin that's their um, alternative payment now that cash is so, you know, it's not really yeah, well, in yeah, society. Well, well, they don't want to have rooms full of cash anymore. They just exactly. want to have a digital wallet. Exactly. So yeah. you, you'll find that Bitcoin and all of these alternative currencies are being used by them and they, they see that as the way that they're going to get around the cashless society. But again, it's like you've got to put trust in that. I, I would much, much rather them see them fight back and just say, no, we're keeping cash, not like yeah, trying same. to... Yeah. Maneuver yeah. in a sense, but I'm hopeful too, Shannon. Yeah, I'm same. Hopeful. We don't want to sound too too doom and gloom and dystopic on this. We just try and call it as we see it. You know what I mean? Like we try. It's and a good play point. Like the, the criminals. Field. I've yeah. said that for years. The criminals <laughs> and all of these enterprises—they're not going to go down easy. Especially yeah. we're talking about Australia, but where Shannon is, it's a little bit more extreme. Like in in Mexico and those oh, yeah. cartels, these are billion-dollar enterprises. You know what exactly. I mean? It's a little bit different. I'll tell you something about them in the U.S. in the in the border in the border states because I lived in one. Is there is because there was a place we were looking at moving that we got a little nervous about because we found out it was one of the safe havens for the cartel. Mexican cartel in these mountains that um, they just got re- free re- free reign because they just apparently they leave them alone. They know they're there. Authorities know they're there. They have all their weapons. They got their, you know, they run their helicopters in and out. They do their drug runs. They have a helicopter landing spot. <laughs> and they leave them alone because the par- it's in the parks, like, kind of jurisdiction. And the parks don't have the, um, the, the, the weaponry to fight them. So this is this is what they they just leave them. They have their AK-47s and whatever, and they live there. And I'm like, what? You know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so the other is these places like these safe havens for these criminals. I mean, you know, we have safe havens for Bill Gates too, and all those criminals. Um, they've got their compounds and you know their billion billionaire um, uh, you know protection. Mm. But yeah, I just um, I want to say about the electric vehicles really quick because that's another nightmare for me. I mean, our state here again, thanks to Governor Newsom, has just recently said. Like Ethan's saying, you know, um, in 10 years time we've got until we they get rid of all the gas powered everything, not just okay. cars, but like chainsaws, which is crazy because we have to do a lot of chainsaw work out here in electric chainsaws or just do not just do not measure up to gas powered ones. I mean, you know, I don't know how the forestry is going to function, like how they're going to do these jobs without gas powered chainsaws and other, you know, power tools. And, um, but just the fact that like, I can't even get in a car that's, you know, more than 20 years old because of all the crap in it right now, like the Bluetooth and the GPS and the satellite radio and all of it, you know, the EMFs are like, I can't go into Prius without getting a headache and feeling terrible and like nauseous and like I want to throw up. And I've, I've, I've tested just like a year ago, I went in a Prius for a drive and I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to Prius again. And this is like an older model. And so yeah. I'm supposed to go now. I'm supposed to get rid of my vehicle and trade it in for some electric thing that I'm not going to be able to tolerate. You know, it's just mm. like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I guess I'm just hoping that we push back and we don't go that route because it's not more environmentally friendly to have electric vehicles. If we want an environmentally friendly vehicles, why aren't we running them off of water? You know, I mean, there's so many old technologies that are non-polluting that mm-hmm. they keep, that they've shut down time and again, like over all these years, they won't allow for the technologies that are non-polluting. You know, like, why are we going to electric? That's power is coming from somewhere. These batteries are a night, an environmental disaster. They're going to, where are they going to put them? Where are they coming from? Where do they go? I mean, we had a, a factory in California blow up recently that was making batteries for these cars and the oh, whole thing yeah. blew up on fire. So, um, so yeah, I, I like to hope, I mean, I'm hopeful that that's not going to happen, but it's something we've got to be on top of now because that they're telling us 10 years. And it's like, even just on a financial level, what's that going to do to people who I have this 20 year old car. I just had a going to debt over to buy it was still really expensive it had you know it has issues i can barely people can barely afford their vehicles as it is and it, you know you spend all your money on these things repairing them and keeping them up and then you're just supposed to buy another one and this might be part of this whole digital currency debt forgiveness thing okay well here's the problem is people can't upgrade their vehicles they can't afford it we'll give them some credits for it if they do whatever and yeah, you know yeah. be in this crypto some sort of enticement yeah and already with the carbon credit thing you know i mean this is and they're going to bring in the environment to this that's the climate that they're definitely playing the climate card and that's coming up more and more i think climate lockdowns are not out of the question or at least travel restrictions you know i mean this is like and it's in the predictive programming it's in all the media they're always like talking about oh I'm, Mm. i'm gonna be a good person and not fly because that's bad for the environment or I'm going to travel less because I'm just going to be a good person and, and contribute, you know, to that. So we're being conditioned, you know, it's like the media is very um, powerful and we shouldn't underestimate that people get all their social cues from the media and the way they think and the, it shapes our minds. It shapes our opinions about things and our view of the world. Very much. And 
watching television, watching movies, watching shows. I challenge people to turn off that thing at least for a while, take a break for a few months, even if you have programs or whatever you like. I mean, understand, because once you get a break from it, you come back to it, you can much more easily see that you're being programmed. And if you can't see it, you can't do anything about it. So when you when you see it, it's not going to affect you as profoundly. You know, you, it can't have the same impact on you. Mm. But people don't see it and they don't know that they already, like even for electrosensitivity, this has been put in the popular media because they have to control the narrative. Once stuff comes out, starts really coming out, and there's like this, um, you know, mass, like, you know, the 100 monkeys syndrome or whatever, and people really start to hear about something, um, you know, they have to step in and and hopefully get people to hear about it from their source first and with their spin on it. So, you know, Better Call Saul is this program here that was popular, and they had an electrosensitive person on it. And, of course, they, it turned out to be a psychological condition, they made him out to be crazy, mm. you know. And so people now are like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, that must that's like crazy people, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Telling, so, them, telling them how to think. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So we might have to um, start to wrap it up there. We've just been going for pretty much right on oh, yeah. two hours now. Um, I would love for you to tell the listeners where they can find um, your work, like how do they support what you're doing um, or any links, anything you can, um, yeah, let listeners know yeah. where they can pick up your books, all that sort of stuff. Well, uh, if you go to my website, which is wifirefugee.com, but it's wifi-refugee.com, and um, basically you can find everything you need there. There's a tab for the books. There's my podcast. There's the blog. You can sign up for my newsletter. Um, but Wi-Fi Refugee, Play of the Modern Day Canary, is available basically everywhere. I mean, it's not just Amazon. You can buy it on Barnes & Noble or I don't know if you, you guys don't have Barnes & Noble. I don't know. Uh, I can't remember if we do or not. But yeah, we can get we get. But anyway, here, it yeah. should be on other like major, you know, booksellers. Um, and you can get that in digital. You can get that as an EPUB or a Kindle or, you know, print. And that what helps me the most is this book sales. <laughs> so um, it just please buy my book and there'll be more. <laughs> so, awesome. Well, that's great. <laughs> Um, yeah, I hope anybody out there who's listening who might know someone who uh, wants to learn more about this sort of stuff, then again, yeah, please head over to wifi-refugee.com. Um, grab a copy of the book as well. Um, yeah, support what Shannon does as well. And yeah, like she said, she'll be able to pump out some more content as well. And uh, thank you so much, Shannon, for sparing the, the time you have on a, on a Friday evening over there in the United States. Uh, and thank you for talking to us bums here in Australia. We do appreciate it, mate. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the conversation. We certainly have. It's been really good to um, to get to know you and, and hear more about you as well and, and to speak to you in person. Yeah, thank you, guys. Really enjoyed it. Awesome, thanks. And uh, Ethan, any final words for our guest, man? No, just thanks to everyone. Uh, thanks to Shannon. Uh, definitely go check out our book, um, Wi-Fi Refugee. Um, I was having a quick read through it uh, before and, you know, even just learning things about the 1960s and radiation from early televisions back then you know i think it's a very comprehensive look at um, some of these emf uh, dangers that we face from a lot of different stories so check that out make sure to keep checking the website out and yeah thank you to everyone out there it's funny you should mention the tv thing Ethan, because i tell you what the simpsons is like a a cornucopia of all these things that they they cover for predictions and stuff there was an episode where like homer was a little kid and he was sitting in front of the TV, and the TV was called The Old Radiation King. 
And he was, and it, and it like literally burnt a shadow of him on the wall, like in the carpet behind him, from sitting there watching the TV. You know what I mean? Like it's so yeah. full on. They mock all these things, but they're like it's right in front of your face. All the stuff they talk about, it's pretty funny. Uh, but anyway, just sort of just things pop in yeah. my head when you say these things. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, thanks so much again. We'll we'll wrap it up there, and uh, yeah, uh, back into the action again, guys. Season five, episode one, done and dusted. That's fantastic. See you next time. Tied up, taken away, and held for ransom.